0: Good evening, designers, and welcome to Project Dubway, the show where the greatest anime reviewers for anime dubs only get together and fight in a cutthroat competition to see who of us can make the hottest takes. I am your host, Zaiti Loom, and this week we have an unconventional dubbing challenge. Remember that your materials may consist of language and situations that are not suitable for all audiences, and that listeners' discretion is advised. But remember that you may use all of the spoilers for Smile Down the Runway, as well as any another anime to make your perfect hot take. And remember that your hot takes and opinions are that of the individual participant, and do not reflect on Project Dubway as a whole. Now let's see how things are going. Noah is using things that aren't even from Japan uh, Gigi has covered hers in wine and crying, and I do not even want to know what this spaceman Hardy is doing with that goat's fur. Just remember, kids, anything can happen, and remember, it's red, because blood orange is fucking pretentious. Bonjour, Journal designers, and welcome to Project Dubway. Tonight, our contestants are here to give up stylish reviews of the hottest winter 2020 anime, Smile Down Thornway. With me tonight, I have Designer GG. Ooh la la. Designer Steph. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. Shit. (laughs) Sorry, hello. And Designer Lutes of Justice.
1: Oh, boy. What? Hmm? What? He's, oh, he's oh here. Oh, crap. He just here. I'm, I fell asleep in the recording room again. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, let me... Um, this is what I'll, happens when you don't get door. enough sleep,
2: Roots. We've, we've gone over this several times now. What is wrong with you? I, I'm no, sorry. No, no. The
1: Radiant episode went long. Oh, long. No, no, no. We tie him
0: up in fabric. He trapped in here with women now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies and I just got more interesting, boys and
1: girls. <laughs> okay, what, what show are you guys covering? What? <laughs> I almost said <laughs> Make it
3: Shit. work, girl. Come on.
0: <laughs> Sp- special guest commentator, back. Tim Curry. Ker- I almost just said special <laughs> guest commentator, Tim Curry, when I meant to say Tim Gunn. Your um, <laughs> yeah, commentaries tonight will be judged by Nina Garcia and Michael Kors, so you better make it work. I want a purse. Um, no, no purses. Only only scathing comments. You've watched enough Project Runway to know that Nina Garcia and Michael Kors will rip you a new asshole. This is true. And it's going to be the best part of the show.
1: Wait. Uh, so... Project Runway references. Pol- Are we covering what I think we're covering? You
0: missed that part when you were napping, you idiot. Honey, I'm sorry to break it to you, that, but you're the only person with a legal copy of Paradise Kiss, and that's not out of the jail yet. Ah,
3: True. I have a legal Touché. copy of Paradise Kiss. Wait, you... In the box.
1: Gigi. Gigi. Oh, what? no. Paradise Kiss Fist.
3: What? He
1: I wants own to it. fist wants bump to... you
0: because you have Paradise Kiss. <laughs>
2: Yay. I own
1: it, too.
0: So fist bump. I know. Paradise, That's... Paradise Kiss Fist sounds like a really I thought... sexual I manure. thought you said
3: Paradise Kiss This, and I was like, what am I kissing? <laughs> Obviously, your boyfriend, Itchy. He's not in this episode.
0: Oh my god. Anyway, no, he's still in the dungeon with Andrew. <laughs> but Andrew's now in special hell. Oh. We don't talk about Andrew. <laughs> Hashtag Andrew is over party. Because what did he do? Andrew is dead to me. Okay, so this is the sequence of events currently. Andrew
2: went villager hunting in animal crossing the other day. He passed on Diana, who Gigi wants. So apparently Andrew is now dead to Gigi. But smiled on the runway, right? We watched it. He's called this show My Runway Academia. And now Gigi's like...
3: Andrew is (laughs) cancelled. So andrew is over, over party make a trend
0: <laughs> let's go anyway you know what's not over of okay actually it is because the anime is only 12 episodes long Sad but days. it's gonna live on in our hearts and hopefully get a season two please Yay. smile down the runway which is a 2020 winter simuldub that started in winter and ended in august thanks to the human malware <laughs> That's the best. That's the nicest way to
2: call this year. Thank you.
0: 2020.
1: Thanks, 2020. 2020. In the lungs.
0: Yay. 2020 is going to end with a hell mouth opening up under DC and swallowing the angry evil politicians. Ah, uh, yes. Um, anyway. Anyway. The plot of Smile Down the Runway is as follows. Chiyuki Fujito has a dream to be a Paris collection runway model. The problem is she's too short to be a model and everyone around her tells her so. But no matter what they say, she won't give up. Her classmate, a poor student named Igato Sumura, also has a dream to become a fashion designer. The two decide to combine their dreams and overcome the naysayers. Uh, what what we expected, Shoujo Romance. What we got, Shounen Battle Anime. As Weird. I Between-
3: like it though.
0: I'm okay Me with too. it. Oh no, this is like genuinely an anime that I think most people should actually watch. And I think that it got lost in the shuffle of this year being, you know, this fucking year, right?
2: Like, the, 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 like this show is so much fun. It does have a, a, like, it has a decent amount of like shonen tropes that you normally would see, but that doesn't freaking matter because <laughs> like you switch it and the demographics a lot different, which is which is perfect. also
0: episode eight onward is literally targeted to kill your emotions. <sighs> yes, one hundred percent. Oh, jeez. It's gut punch city um, in there. All we're going to say is this. Uh, protect these children. Yes. They deserve yes. the world. Yes, they do. And if mm-hmm. anything was to happen to any of them, I'd kill anybody, everybody in this room and then myself. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. that. I will go full Brooklyn Nine-Nine on you. That's a Hell lot. Hell yeah. Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. Ah. Nine. Uh, so to get started so that we don't have to draw this out any longer than this is going to be uh let's get started really quickly on the cast and crew of this show starting off obviously with our directors and writers as this is a full review of the 12 episode anime that was fully dubbed we have no predictions um we're just gonna get straight into it with our director who is one mr clifford Chapin. And our writers, uh, the main writer of the series is Jessica Cavanaugh, though episode two was written by uh, Chang. Chung. Uh, Clifford Chapin, you would know as the director of Darwin's Game, Dr. Stone, and Human Loss. Uh, Jessica Cavanaugh, you would know as the writer of Recovery of an MMO Junkie, Soccer Quest, and GOSIC. And because I can't say your full name, and I'm really sorry, and I probably butchered it. Uh, Yungi, you'll know, as Wai Chang, who has written episodes, uh, who has written for shows such as uh, The Cautious Hero, The Hero is Everly Powered but Cautious, Hensky, uh, which I can't remember, but Something Something Panty Cinderella, oh and Legend of the Galactic Heroes, De Nuatessa Season 2.
3: And, yeah, and. Ai Kusabi. F-
0: and, of course, A Lady's Night Treasure, I no Kusabi. Is somebody
3: eating something? no
0: i'm playing with the bag of pins and my cat just showed up okay
3: i was like (laughs) what is that noise
0: i am so sorry i forgot that i was recording also hi my cat's here
3: (laughs) hello shinya shinya she's
0: she's in here because shinya wants shinya wants to walk
2: the runway and work it bitch let's go she
0: has a little bow tie and she's always dressed fashionably in a tuxedo
2: nice perfect Um,
0: She's in here because if mommy closes the door and doesn't answer her, she will bang on the door and cry, (laughs) and upset her grandmother. And then when she's in here, she demands that mother pet her because she is a brat. (laughs) Oh, cats! She misses her dad though. That's
1: you, Roots. (laughs) That's it. That's you, (laughs) Roots. What What was that silence for? With me when I was down there.
0: He doesn't like anybody until they come down, like, the second time. Until they go down the second time. Oh, um, anyway, well. i to stop that because... Oh, my. <laughs> we all know, okay, if anybody was all over Roots more than I when he was down here, it was my dog, Bailey. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so, starting this off, uh, you know what? Steph, you can go first. Okay.
2: <sighs> What can I say about the directing and writing of the show? Um, I love it. (laughs) Um, see, here's the thing. (laughs) You, if you're familiar with Clifford Chapin as a director, right? Most people would be like, oh, I didn't know he could direct something like Smiled on the Runway. And then you have us, (laughs) who have been following this man's directing career, (laughs) since he became a full-time director, even before that, and you realize, oh yeah, he can do this. It's not that hard. Um, But not only that, he does it very, very well because he has a wonderful sense of, this is just in general with his work, he has a wonderful sense of story and characters um, figuring out through lines and plot points and character moments and motivations and everything like that. So... That's always a fun time, seeing Clifford Chapin direct something wildly out of the box. Because this could be wildly out of the box, all things considered, for him. But I'm glad he's the one one who handled it, because I love the casting. It was so much fun. The dynamics between different characters is fantastic. Um, But as well as directing on his end, the writing is also so much fun. Um, It mostly... I haven't watched the Japanese, I would assume it mostly sticks to the original translation because um, Jessica Cavanaugh, from my understanding, we usually stick to most most of the original translation. Um, there was maybe like one or two lines that are a little bit <laughs> like modern slang stuff, but it's only when the scene actually calls for it, so it doesn't really... Because you, you know me, sometimes if you overdo it, it sticks in my brain as a problem with the show. But it, don't, it only does it when it really calls for it in the scene, and it actually, in most comedic moments, which works fantastically. Um, but, I, I, I've, this is one of my favorite shows from the year so far, 100%. Um, not just because the show itself is fantastic, and you should go fucking watch it, there's your early final thoughts, go fucking watch the show. But the dub is actually one of, I think, the stronger ones, especially as an ensemble cast from this year. Uh, with variety of performances and castings of a mix of either very underutilized actors and actresses or a few that are up and coming and who have been really, like, putting themselves more forward, um, i.e. the case of, like, Ikto and um, Kokoro, who we'll talk about later. But yeah, directing and writing-wise, very, very strong, very solid. I loved every second of it, and please let there be a season two. Okay, thank you. Bye.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Uh, Roots, go ahead. One thing I definitely appreciate reviewing this dub right now, especially considering, you know, I had just gotten through earlier this month um, reviews for stuff like, as mentioned before, Radiant and, you know, Gungale. Um, those were very, the things I really like in a dub punchy and bantery. Uh, This is a lot more subtle. And I think it was very appropriate for the source material, which is also very weird considering this is like archetypal battle shonen done through modeling and fashion design. Like, it's great. And there are a bunch of performances in this, in the show from actors I really hadn't paid much attention to until now. And now they are like, Square in my radar. Um, overall, I really, I really like the direction. The script writing was also, again, it felt close to what the source material was trying to bring out. So, and in this, in something like the something like Radiant, that's if they go off script a little bit, that's that's perfectly fine. This, on the other hand, Um, This felt like it needed to be treated, not quite one for one, but close. And I felt that that they nailed that really well. So, overall, strong casting choices, um, excellent direction, um, dialogue flowed very well, and the writing was quite good. So, definite thumbs up.
3: Gigi? So, I did my homework on this one. I'm shocked, as you all are, too, because I was actually the first one to finish watching this, which never happens. I'm usually watching <laughs> I just, it. I just
2: waited until this episode because I didn't want to finish it ahead of time.
3: Oh, I I once I hit episode eight, I was like, I'm not stopping. This train is going to keep on rolling to the end. <laughs> um, so I did watch a little bit in the Japanese. Also, I watched it when it was simulcasting. And then I went back just recently and watched it again because I wanted to make sure of things that I was going to say. Um, I kind of want to talk about the writing first. Um, first of all, I couldn't tell that there was a writer change between episode one, two, and then the rest of the series. So it all sounded very cohesive, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, and they had to be able to write this heartwarming, heartwarming show with shoujo trash drama. Um, but this manga was in a shonen magazine. So technically, technically in quotes it's a shonen anime it's also classified under shonen it's not i mean it it, it could have shonen elements but it's show to trashy let's let's be real friends um they also had to keep the dialogue to not be stereotypical Project Runway dialogue. If you've watched the show Project Runway, it's a reality show about a bunch of fashion designers making clothes and competing to win a prize. Um, That's basically what I thought this show was going to be and I was not disappointed in it. Um, But there are so many catchphrases and so many, like, turns of phrase that the characters, the people on the show used that make it iconic, like, still to this day. Like... People still talk about Santino, like Christian Siriano is still running around, have, being very successful in his now career. He's,
0: now he's the mentor on the new season. No way, really? Yeah, Christian's, Christian's the mentor on the new season, and he is like... He's not as warm as Tim, but he's he's great.
3: <laughs> Tim Gunn is like a legend. So I was kind of expecting something like that going into this anime with especially after I saw some of the characters, and it didn't go that route, and I was kind of grateful that it didn't because it sh- it shied away from stereotypes of, you know, the kind of people who you would think after watching Project Runway would be in a show like this. So I really liked that. Nailed it um i do wish that they would have explained more in the writing more about the aura that the models have Mm, because there's such a difference between chiyuki and kokoro's auras but they were like oh kokoro has such a great aura and i'm looking at it and i'm listening to them talk and i'm like but why like she's so dark and like scary i would have really kind of appreciated um more dialogue or more inner thoughts or something from the characters just explaining that. Especially since they did say a line in the Japanese that kind of made it more clear to me when I went back and watched that episode in Japanese. So there's that. Um, But other than that, I thought they did a really good job with everything. Like it wasn't the way that I thought it was going to be. And for that, I'm really grateful. Um, As for Cliff directing. Yeah, this is like a normal Clifford Chapin directing casting session where he picks random people and just throws them in things. But he's very good with his varied casting choices, which I appreciate also. Um, he also makes everything sound really real, even though there's tons of times in this anime where the drama is completely over the top. There are some places where it could have gone campy and it didn't. It just kind of stayed real. Um So to that, I was very grateful the one thing I have a problem with. Oh, here we go, fam. Okay, there's the name of the, the um the managing or the modeling company or whatever that Chiyuki's oh, dad owns.
2: Milnege, yeah.
3: Milnege. Mm. I did go back and watch the Japanese. They pronounce it Milnege also, okay. but if if it's actually French it's Milnege. So that was what bothered me through the whole thing because I speak fluent French. And I was just like, this doesn't sound right. Why this is this not is this, right?
2: This is just the dub following through with the Japanese. On this it is though. following
3: through with the Japanese, which now I got a bone to pick with if the Japanese. Gonna, if you're going to,
0: if you're going to do it wrong in one language, keep it consistent. <laughs>
3: keep <across> it consistently <laughs> wrong. I was just like waiting for somebody else to like speak French or like get something like well, in well, there. To be, through to be Paris fair though, like,
2: to be fair, though, I mean, kudos for the consistency between both language tracks.
3: There could have been a correction on it on the English side. They could have corrected it. But that's why I'm saying, like, if you're going to be consistent, be consistent. And they, they were. Right. It's just right. consistent in both languages that it's wrong. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just right. saying. Point, point taken.
3: Sorry. Love you. Love you guys. You made it work, I guess. Peace out.
0: I would like to point out to you guys that while you guys have been talking, Shinya has decided to lay on one of my pillows like a queen, and I just keep petting her because she's a <laughs>
2: We stand, Queen Shinya in this household.
0: I have a picture of her, so whoever, if we can get Jackson to visually edit, I'll send her I'll send a picture. Of her. Yes. We're absolutely Hello. majestic. So I watched, I think, the first couple of this in Japanese as it was starting because it was... A show that when Funimation announced it, I was immediately like, Fuck yes! Oh, this is a show I was really excited. And I did watch the first couple of episodes in, in Japanese and I I genuinely really liked the subcast a lot for this. I, I won't lie that Ikto in Japanese is played by my favorite Seiyu, so if you, one of my two favourite Seiyu, and if you know if you know me, you know that who my two favourite Sayu are and one of them is in this. Um I think as a casting a casting actually is there are a lot of people I see Cliff having used before, but there are also some that I didn't see him using as major characters before. Mm-hmm. And that I appreciate, and I think that a lot of the the main characters in this, which I'd consider the, the four main characters to be Chiyuki, Ito, Ito, uh To, and Kokoro, are not always the first people that you would you would think of Mm -hmm. when you come to shows like this obviously i think out of the four main characters if you were going by like there's what anime fans who are super into dubs and track everything and watch every show dubbed every season and and can pick up things no and then there are the people who are more casual about doves, and they can't tell actors apart, but if they've seen them on a big shounen show, they'll be able to be like, ooh, ooh, I know that voice. I know that voice. Um, I think out of the main cast, there's only one actor who's really like that. All, I think all things a lot considered, of the, if it's the one you're talking about, then yeah. You know exactly who I'm talking yeah, about. Stuff. Um, recent stuff. I, I think the secondary cast of this is really well put together, and that's where I think a lot of the more well-known actors are. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one performance in the whole show that I found to be relatively flat or not at the, the level of everybody else. The writing, like Gigi said, I couldn't tell that there was a different writer for episode 2 compared to episode 1 compared to episode 3. I thought it was pretty pretty close to the, to the Japanese, except for maybe the aura thing. Um, I also do agree with Gigi that a big credit is that a lot of times there are a lot of terms that are specific to fashion or design or modeling that are not known to a lot of people even if you do watch something like Project Runway or if on the modeling side you've watched um,
3: America's (sighs) Next Top Model
0: Top Model (laughs) Smize There we go. There's your Tyra call out. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much this hurts me? hey If you ever want, there's, um, there's a video by uh, a YouTuber named Allison Pregler, who uh, everyone knows when she started out as uh, Obscurus Lupa. Mm. And she actually did a video called "The Top Ten Wildest Tyra Moments" in America's Next Top Model, and it's fucking hilarious. God bless. Like, I I I I implore you to please watch Obscurus Lupus' video about that. Um. And just in general, America's Next Top Model is like a fucking wild show. It is more wild than Project Runway. I love it. It is absolutely bonkers. Um, like it is. It is a. <laughs> Could we call it a shoujo trash show? Yeah. <laughs> Can we call America's Next Top Model show trash?
3: Oh, yeah, I for sure. Especially when I mean, they added guys.
1: Let's be real. It absolutely is.
3: <laughs> it's the American shojo trash.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> Yeehaw shojo I've trash. I've watched
3: every season, and you can't say that about Project Runway. So.
0: <laughs> I haven't I don't think I've watched every Project Runway season, but I think I've watched almost every Top Chef season, and that's
3: close enough. <laughs> that's next <laughs> on the list.
0: All I'm saying is that I I would die for Stephanie from Project run not Project Runway, from Top Chef New Orleans and All Stars 2. If you know who she is, she is basically, no offense, honey, she is basically like my celebrity crush. <laughs> is Stephanie from Project Runway. Also, Stan Melissa King from Top Chef. Um, Sorry, Stephanie from Project... Fuck, you know what? We're moving on. Um, <laughs> as she digs the hole deeper. I, as I dig the hole deeper, because I can't tell the difference between Top Chef and Project Runway, <laughs> and Padma Lakshmi is going to, like, pop out of my closet and smack me with a cast iron pan for it.
3: Oh my god.
0: But to be fair, I would want to be smacked by Padma Lakshmi. <laughs> Jesus She's God. really hot. She's attractive! I thought we were moving on, Megan. I wanna move on to the point that I think that of I've, I've watched a lot of clipper dubs, I think. I and and to be fair, like the first thing I, I genuinely remember him being an assistant director and a full time director on was a JoJo show. Me too. And, yep. and that was that was Yona of the Dawn, and I think that he does have a, a sense and and this is something that I like genuinely about all of Clifford Subs is he has a sense of what the show he's working on is. Mm-hmm. And like you can you can obviously see the level of care that he puts into things. Just go look at Doctor Stone, that I, I think is probably if you ask me objectively what I thought the best Clifford Chapin dub is, I'd probably say Doctor Stone. Yeah. Subjectively it, it it's kind of a toss up because I, I when I finished this I genuinely thought, like, wow, this is probably one of my favorite dubs that he's he's put together. Um, There was just something about the the casting and the writing and just the the little just... I I think Roots kind of nailed it is there is something really subtle about this and, and it ties into Gigi's points where it stayed a little more subtle and personally understated in moments because if it went over the top and campy, it would ruin the original source material and just the show's own very intricately put together emotional writing. And the one thing I appreciate about the show in general is that in the end nothing went the way... Everything went the way that I think it should have gone in the fashion world. But in your heart of hearts, it didn't go the way that you as a fan wanted. Correct.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh... It, it, it's it, it's it's the old batman uh you're not the hero gotham wants you're the one it deserves uh whatever i can't ever get that fucking batman quote right uh
1: no but one ever yeah, does
0: just just that <laughs> ba- now batman there's a man who needs some fashion sense <laughs> I- the fuck runs around dressed in a batman is just a really rich cosplayer beating people up. batman's so. great
3: i love batman he wears fucking latex. Yeah. That's why she loves that got-
0: Are you excited for Edward Cullen wears latex and beats people? You at
3: have PG? no idea. I will, <laughs> I will. I will. I will fucking face COVID to go to the theater and see that movie. <laughs> to be fair, I was also Team Jacob, so let that sink in.
0: Anyway, let's move on to our first set of characters. These are essentially just. Um, Supporting characters that are in and around the fashion industry and and kind of things going on. There, they are Sarah, who is Japan's top model slash television personality slash probably an eventual VTuber on Hollow Live. Uh, that's just a personal headcanon of mine. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there is Fumio Nimura. She is a new uh, magazine editor who doesn't really at the beginning want to be in the fashion department she would rather be in the literature department she sees herself as unstylish and she doesn't really like the fashion world because in her mind there are not clothes made for short people and people like her until she sees Chiyuki walk at a fashion show where she becomes enamored with her and kind of is her like number one secret cheerleader even though they have never met and they don't ever meet the entire show they ne- They have one phone conversation read That's the it. manga huh. Make it physical, Kodansha! Let's go! Uh, and then there is Shoko Takuoka. She is the headmaster of the Geika uh, fashion school. She is basically like, everyone's fashion grandma, and she's rooting for Ikto, and is basically, like, his cardi... (laughs) She's basically his Cinderella fairy godmother. Really? Yes. She, like, 100%, she would just be the fairy godmother in Cinderella. Um... Playing Sarah is Madeline Morris. Playing Fumio is Emmy Lowe. And playing Shoko is Lucy Christian. Madeline Morris, you will know as characters such as Midori in After School Dice Club. Inca, uh, th- what the fuck is that last Kasugatani? name? Kasugatani? Um, yeah. Inca Kasugatani in Fire Force. And, of course, uh, the woman, the myth, the legend, uh, Frederica Greenhill from Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Dinua Atessa. Emmy Lowe you'll know as Rocco uh, Yumiya in A Certain Scientific Railgun T. Asano Izumi in Kono Ototomare and Organ in Demon Lord Retry. Lucy Christian, you'll know as Recovery Girl in My Hero Academia, the narrator in Okami-san and her seven companions, and Asuna Kagurazaka in the Nagima franchise. Uh, let's, you know what? I feel like mixing things up this time so Gigi can go first.
3: All right, I'll make this super quick. Uh, Madeline Morris as Sarah. Um, I really like almost everything that, that Madeline Morris does. Um, She seemed very smooth in this. And I also thought she really embodied the character very well. Like Sarah seemed very carefree, but at the same time, she has this kind of worldly air about her. And I feel that that came through in the voice acting, which was great. Um, As for Shoko Takaoka. um, So I was watching these episodes with the boyfriend and I was like, wow, that sounds like Lucy Christian putting on like a fake British queen accent. And he's like, that is Lucy Christian. I was like, are you serious? So at first, like, I couldn't, it sounded like her, but it didn't sound like her. It sounded like Lucy Christian trying to play a grandma. Or if you've ever seen Princess Tutu, I think, no, 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 wait, wait. Okami-san and her seven companions, where she plays a yes. narrator? Yes. Sounds yes. sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly why I put that there. <laughs> I was like oh okay that's fine it 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 was good lucy christian can't do anything bad ever so i just like i just like why does it sound so affected and he's like well she's supposed to be old and i was like oh yeah i forget lucy christian plays a lot of small girls um and then finally fumio right um by emmy low um i don't know why but this performance made me cry Like, I don't know why, but when she was crying, I was crying, and I was like, holy shit. Um, I felt that the performance was really passionate, and that her voice sounded like, uh, what the fuck is it, Fumio was inspired by Chiyuki. Um, And there were points where I feel like she's supposed to be, like, in a magazine, like, that's her job, and she's supposed to be very professional, and I felt like she let the passion overtake the professionalism, which I thought was great because sometimes if you really love your job and you, you know, are so passionate about something, you kind of have to let that leak a little bit, no matter what anybody says, you have to let the facade down. So that is what I thought of these
1: ladies. Uh,
0: let's see, Rich, you can go second this time.
1: All right. Um, so, lo and behold, I really like Madeline Morris's Sarah. Um, and I particularly liked it because Madeline Morris is an actress playing a character in a show that is putting on an act.
0: Ooh. You're right.
1: Um, you throughout sarah's appearance in smile down the runway at least the season that we have i don't know anything further in the manga um almost everything you see of her she's putting on a facade um that is her her public persona that is what she's you know the the bubbly poppy um i i picked up a lot about that on the um on the episode where they were starting the um The Geika Academy, like, the big fashion event. Right, Um, because... The festival. Because because while
2: while Ikto was doing research, the point was brought up that there's basically two sides to Sarah, essentially.
1: Right. Um, And you really don't see the other side of Sarah, the sort of worldliness of her, until the very end of the show. Mm. um, Where she's commenting on... um, I think it was Ikto's... yeah, it was it was Ikuto's line, right?
2: It could be that, or um, when he when she was commenting on Kokoro specifically. You know what? Because might she knows have been Kokoro.
1: Kokoro.
0: Yeah, because she knows Kokoro from being a model, yep. and she's like, "You're." She's usually so cold and standoffish, right?
1: Like that to me was the only the only time you actually see the real Sarah come out in the course of the season. Mm. But I really like that. You know, Madeline Morris really did not only bring out sort of the the poppiness and the and sort of the bubblegum nature of Sarah's on camera personality. Um, she also made it feel synthetic, which I thought was really great. Um, and unfortunately, in the the second half of the, the season, um, she had equipment malfunction because they switched over to home recording.
2: That's the speculation. It's not confirmed. I know where you're going with this.
1: Well, no, she actually did say she had equipment problems. Did she really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, she confirmed it on her Twitter. I thought it was just speculation.
1: Yeah, so hopefully when they come around to the home video, that can sort of be touched up. It was definitely noticeable in the latter half. Okay. But overall, the performance itself was great. Um, I don't remember much of Emmy Lowe because I, I kind of watched this in weird chunks. Um, I do remember the, um, the, the fashion show where she was inspired and all the hoops she jumped through to try and get in contact with, uh, Chiyuki. Like that really stuck out for me. I, I thought she did a great job. It's just, she is probably not going to be very important until later, but I thought it was a good choice and you know i gotta say i really like i really like old lady lucy (laughs) i like that (laughs) voice i thought she did a really great job sort of making her boisterous and you know it it does feel a little hokey at first, but then again, I'm also used to her as recovery girl, so... This voice wasn't really a surprise for me. Um, but I, I thought she was able to really shine through despite, you know... Like, putting on this, this heavy and different air to her. Like, I... She felt warm, she felt motherly. It was great, so... All in all, I liked all three of these.
2: I'll be quick because I pretty much have the same thoughts on all three of these performances as Gigi and Roots do. Um, so, <laughs> Madeline Morris is very sweet. Very, she does have this energy and exudes this charisma that Sarah just has to ha- have to possess, and I just loved every second of it. And um, <laughs> it, it is also interesting <laughs> the, the connection of like. Madeline is is acting as Sarah who is acting as a personality of Sarah, basically. Um and I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. I kind of I kind of forgot about that a little bit. But um I love it she just has this beautiful flow of like very positive and bright energy and just exudes this charisma um that you can can't just help but latch onto and I really, really enjoy that. Um Emilo as Fumio I like her, she's so cute, and adorable, and shy. And I also liked those early episodes with um, Yanagida's fashion show, where she's just kind of down and like, I don't know about this, like, how can someone like me really get involved in fashion and things like that. And then she just gets this dose of inspiration from Chiyuki, and it's just the sweetest and purest little thing in the world. I, I I want more I want more good things for Fumio one hundred percent and I want more good things for Emmy Low because <laughs> weirdly enough in the past few days because I had <laughs> I
0: uh, yeah Emmy Low is uh on the up and up yeah, let's go with that yeah
2: like I watched um a show that I recently recorded it'll come out probably long before this one um one of the anniversary episodes and then and then I we started a show that just premiered the Dubwise yesterday. And even though it was small... And that conversation is probably going to circle back around a little bit later on. But um, I do want to see Emmy Lo and more things. She's just such a fun presence. And I think she can contribute so much. And I'm curious to know um, what more she can do. <laughs> and the fact that I looked at the listing and Megan purposefully, I knew this was on purpose. She purposefully put the narrator from
0: Okami-san under Lucy Christian's name. <laughs> As if that isn't also one of my favorite anime. Also
2: true. But then it's like, (laughs) oh shit, Shoko is the narrator from Okami-san and her seven companions, like, hands down. This is basically the same voice, uh, at least tone-wise, from Okami-san that uh, Lucy is channeling here for Shoko. But I still love it so much, because she's just such a sweet, supportive, like... I don't know, grandmotherly is the term? At least a bit more of a maternal figure of sorts. Like, a guiding hand to all of the students. Though specifically to Ikto. And can I just say, it was just the sweetest thing where she comes up to Ikto at the end and is like, here, have an application for the school. <laughs> and I'm like, yay! <laughs> so cute. But no, um... Lucy has a fantastic energy to her. Very boisterous, as Roots described it. Um but it's not hammy it's not over the top it's the for me it seemed like the right amount for this kind of character and you just can't help but fall in love with it i'm done
0: okay i'll make this kind of quick (laughs) um madeline morris she was sounded a lot more mature than i think i'm used to hearing madeline morris characters be uh outside of frederica like, Frederica being... I think I asked her on Twitter one night, I'm like, which characters could, like, which character could handle their alcohol the best that you play? And she goes, probably Frederica because Frederica's the only adult that I play. <laughs> oh! <laughs> True facts. Uh, or something like that. Uh, so it was nice getting to hear her play a character who is obviously, like, probably a 20-something and maybe a little bit more, like, to her own natural, like, register and stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, Shoko... Yeah, it's just Lucy Christian's uh, narrator voice from Okami, which I fucking love. Um, if you've never watched Okami: Son and Her Seven Companions, uh, do it because the narrator is hysterical. The narrator is the best uh, part of the show. I I disagree because Micah's character exists, but that's you another right. story for another episode. You right, that too. <laughs> like, who is Megan's favorite character? in Okami: Son. It's licked. Um, and then Emmy Low as Fumio is really interesting because. The only other thing I've ever watched Emmy Lowe in is Kimono Friends. Yep. Uh, Because she is Asian small claw daughter. Also, shout out to Emmy Lowe's adorable kitten, Noctis, who is the floofiest baby. Uh, I really, really liked her. And I think the thing that I liked her was what Gigi brought up where it's like she gets these moments of being really unprofessional because in a sense, she's a bit of the author's, the audience avatar Mm -hmm. for a lot of things because she doesn't know. A lot about fashion, and she totally isn't interested at first. And by the end of the show, she is probably as invested as you, the the viewer, is. And I think that those types of characters are always a little bit more tricky to play, especially when they're not the major focus of the series. Because there are a lot of times where you don't see Fumio for a lot but when she pops up, she's there to kind of explain things and be the person who's questioning things because obviously she's new to this, and that's kind of the show's way of doing of using that introduction and I think Emmy gets to gets to bridge that in a way that is really promising mm-hmm. and for a lot of people they may not know Emmy Lowe yet uh, even though Emmy Lowe has been in, in things like Demon Lord Retry which was a, a show on Funimation last year uh, she's in the Love Live Sunshine movie but I'm not saying it's who because that is spoilers for that movie and I don't want to ruin that for people slash B, I only know what it is because somebody spoiled it for me uh, and she's in she's in Stuff from this year, like Railgun, which is a pretty big a pretty big franchise. And obviously she's in a dub that started as of the time of this recording yesterday, but we're not saying the name of, mostly because I'm doing an episode on that and I want to save my thoughts for that.
3: I've never heard her before.
0: But... So, so there we go. <laughs> Gigi literally has never heard yeah. her before. <laughs> so obviously she's somebody, if, you're, if you are if liked Smile Down the Runway and you like the performance of that character, she's somebody who maybe you want to keep your ears tuned in for. Uh, let's move from the fashion observers to the fashion, some fashion makers. There is Yamagita Yanagita who is a fashion designer who worked at Mille neige and brunched off to make his own line. He is essentially overworked, wants to die, hates everything. And eventually, by the end of the show, he gets picked up by... Um, uh, uh, Aphrodite? Aphrodite. I think. Aphrodite. Thank you. so the millennial
1: experience. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Christ. There we go. Uh, But he is kind of Ikuto's grumpy old mentor character. Like, Ikuto gets sent to his place and he immediately tells Ikuto to do something. Ikuto fucks up and tries to run him out. Uh, He also goes through everybody's uh, disaster day doing his first show. There is Ryanosuke ada who is a student a second year student at geika who specializes in men's fashion but he tries to get into the geika's festival through women's fashion uh he's kind of an antagonistic little asshole and his other and his friend is karu kizuki a up and coming fashion another student at geika who essentially goes to Yanagita's fashion show and becomes pretty much Ikto's one-sided rival because she hates him because he decided to help out where she froze up and couldn't uh she also works with leather making her the most metal character in the hell show. yeah <laughs> she's also got like probably one of the coolest side character designs too she's like got a shaved head and like wears one earring i love her <laughs> <laughs> she is aesthetic uh, playing Hazume Yanagita is John Bergmeyer. Playing uh, Ryanosuke Eda is Nazish Tarsha. And playing Karu Kizaki is Elizabeth Maxwell. John Bergmeyer, you'll know as characters such as Shigure Soma in both Fruits Basket animes, Hajime Shibata in Hell Girl. and Eyes Brotherford in Spiral. Uh, Nazir Tarsha you'll know as Hikaru Shibayama in the Junji Ito Collection. Rene Laurent in Code Geass, Akita the Exiled, and Raihan in Pokemon Twilight Wings. And if you've never seen Raihan, he is basically Megan's- he is Megan's Pokemon husband. <laughs> um, I love Raihan. He's a you the
2: dra- You like the dragon boy.
0: Have you seen him? Yes. He just keeps taking selfies. He's adorable. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he's great. He's also He's also married to Leon. Don't tell anybody. Um, uh, Elizabeth Maxwell you'll know as Miko Koneji in Anime Gatoris Lisa and Fire Force in Victorious in Show by Rock Season 2 uh, Let's mix things up
1: again and start off with Roots Guess I'll start with John Bergmeier um, I just love his chaotic tired energy
0: <laughs>
1: Like he is just He never knows if he wants to smack someone or hug him and it's just absolutely—he's just a lovable grump, like he's the in that best kind grump. of, in that kind of Gordon Ramsay-esque. Like you can tell he cares, but he's got to be an asshole about it. Like one of the one of the weirdest things is seeing like the Gordon Ramsay kids show, where he's just this gentle and encouraging mentor. And then you go to Hell's Kitchen, and he's just, like, berating people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that, I, it feels like that was the aesthetic, um, John Bergmeyer was going for, and I, I absolutely adore it. Um, on to the little gremlin duo. Uh, Nazee is an actor I've been... I have my eye on for a different show for, like, a one-off character because I thought that was cool. I don't know if we're doing an episode on it, so I'm not going to say anything. But it was it was recent. Like, this, this season in which we're recording. He plays the little shit gremlin really well in this. Like, I gotta say. Like, he... I love the last episode. Um, particularly with him and Elizabeth Maxwell just, like did we just suddenly become friends with this guy? Yep. To, uh, to Ikito. Like they spend the whole second half of the show trying to take him down in the, uh, in the fashion festival that at the very end, when everybody's been ranked, they're just like, suddenly they become best friends. And I, it's just, I adore it. um, in particular, Elizabeth Maxwell and um, the reveal where she is antagonistic toward Ikato because of her own anxiety and she can't get over herself. I really like that. Like, that was great. I I liked all three of these performances, but really, they, they show up just enough for me to form an opinion, but not very much, so... Thumbs up! I hope to see more of them if we get a Season 2. Give us a Season 2.
2: I'll start with Ryanosuke and Kizuki first. Um, uh, Oh boy. So, with Kizuki, I really love Elizabeth Maxwell. When you give Elizabeth Maxwell a character... I love Elizabeth Maxwell when she gets to play characters that can be very commanding and have a strong presence, and um, Kizuki is no exception to this, because she does have that strong presence, um, and this competitive nature to her, but, uh, uh, like, Ruth was just saying, there's also that slight anxiety and the fact she can't get over herself, where we find out, because you don't find out until probably, like, the last third of the show that this is why Kizuki hates Ikuto, and it's for the st- probably the stupidest of reasons, because shonen logic. <laughs> um... No, but she's very sharp-tongued, has a competitive nature, and is just so much fun. And I loved every second of it. Um, Ryunosuke and Nazee. Um, this is, I think, actually the first time I I get to talk about him. I'm looking this over currently. Um, just the credits that Megan has posted. Because I don't even think we talked about him in Ginji Ito's collection, I don't think. Um, but Rionosuke. Because I'm not familiar with Nizi as an actor right now, Ryunosuke was a little bit of a rough time for me, I guess? It's a little hard to describe because it's probably- I'm gonna chalk it up to I'm not used to this voice and I'm trying to equate it to other things. But Ryunosuke, <laughs> he can be such an antagonistic kind of persona and character but he's also very he is also a nice guy and he's just like are you an idiot like why are you being nice to everybody you realize this is a competitive industry right um but i'm mostly Not
1: realizing g- that you know you need to be nice to people in order to open doors
2: <laughs> networking is a thing that exists ladies and gentlemen thank you very much um no like it seemed rough to me at the start, but I think it's only because I'm not used to Nazi as an actor um, and his range and what he's able to do. By the end of it, I was a bit more comfortable with it and it's also now to the point where it's like, Okay, I want to keep an eye on you and see what you can do and where things can go from here. Was... I might be making a huge mistake. <laughs> was Nazi and Millionaire Detective? Yes. He, okay. Same person, got it. By the way, Millionaire Detective, I loved his short little bit role, and it was fantastically done. Side note. Um, if you watched episode one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but the real trooper of this group is John Bergmeier, Yannick Because Roots aptly described him very well as a very tired, very competitive person who just wants to get shit done and wants to, like, get his name out there. And as he, as much of an asshole as he can be, you, you he does have his little moments where he's very caring and, and wanting to, like, push his his interns in the right direction, i.e. Ikuto and Kokoro. Um, like, he has those little moments. I, I like the little moment at the end where he just texts, um tone is like come to work next saturday be there (laughs) after he supposedly had quit and all this fun stuff but um i like john's personality with this role um it's a tone that's (laughs) megan might either agree or punch me in the face it's similar to shigure to an extent but a bit more it is a little bit a little bit more dickish um than shigure which is saying a lot about right <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy it. I, like uh, he, He's very, very, very brutal of a character. Very brutal, honest, um, no-nonsense. And as a taste of what the industry is actually like for up-and-coming fashion designers he's probably the perfect mentor for ikuto if anything so i enjoyed every second of john's performance but all three of these roles are great with the small rough exception of nazi but i'm going to chalk that up to me not knowing him as an actor quite yet um and this being one of my first outings with him
0: uh Gigi.
3: uh so i'll uh go exactly opposite to what stephanie just said um, let, let's talk about our good buddy Ryunosuke, our new friend Nazi. Hello. Welcome to Dub Talk. Um, oh, no.
2: Here we go. So, OK. We haven't had one of these in a
3: while. I know. I really like this and I don't know why. I, I don't know. I can't <laughs> tell you why, except for one thing that I will say in about a second. Um, it sounded normal, but... He was still like really over the top in everything, which I -hmm. enjoyed because this was he was a part of it where he was actually like one of the contestants on Project Runway who was like freaking out over stuff. And then when he didn't get chosen, he was like, well, I got to do this to be in. So I'll just do this to get my name out there or whatever. The networking comes in and you know how it goes. Um, In his voice nuance, he reminds me of Alejandro Saab really there's some little thing in his voice that reminds me of alejandro's voice that where i can pick out his characters now so now i'm gonna get confused except for the fact that i haven't heard alejandro in a new dub in a hot fucking minute where are you i know you're in california but i miss (laughs) you you cinnamon roll jeez i miss you in anime he had
2: a one-off role in um millionaire detective in episode one
3: i haven't watched it yet (laughs) so
0: like i think he showed up there i thought he showed up at um i know he showed
3: up at shield hero but that was last year yeah i miss i miss him too busy. <laughs> he's too busy he's too busy being a sewer rat
0: <laughs> i know which
3: is great that's amazing but i miss him in anime because i haven't gotten to that part in fire emblem yet and i have to do that one last and i don't know when I'll get there maybe ch- no
0: you can you can play no you can play that you play you can play the DLC whatever you want just be prepared to fucking hate yourself or have Chris oh, okay do
3: it. well maybe I'll have him do it then I'll just watch the cut scenes I'm really good at that um <laughs> <laughs> Cowork, he's a- just get Chris to do- just okay. do it, just do to it honey just just play it so so mama can watch the fire emblem cutscenes. thank you
0: she wants to see sewer alejandro it's fine
3: <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that that is like legitimately one of my favorite performances <laughs> anyway um kaori kizaki elizabeth maxwell um this girl is the epitome epitome of please step on me along with like all of the adult women except for what's his face's mom in this show and i fucking love it the please step on me lady is my aesthetic i'm all about yes, this girl um uh doo-doo-doo. she is blessed and she will step on you i think kauru and elizabeth's performance as her um she's the best bitch with a heart but it's hidden cuz she's so mm-hmm. angry the whole time because she's bitter that something inside of herself didn't come out. So like she blames Ikuto, but it's not really Ikuto's fault. It's her fault. So it's like it's a hard line to balance there. Um right. I really love this um Kaworu her designing is very unbalanced, but I felt that the performance in the dub was very balanced, which kind of is a nice way to look at the two different sides of things, um, especially in a dub for a small Mm -hmm. character. So I thought that was really well performed. And then we have um, Yanagita, Mr. John Bergmeier. I don't know who this is. So (laughs) um, I was very happy that his performance did not bend to a stereotype because of all the characters, except for maybe Toe, I felt that this one could have bent the most to a stereotype that may have offended some people. Um, and I really appreciate that choice that was made. Uh, it was very alpha male. And I'm going to use like commu levels without being like, please let me step on you. Commu. <laughs> so I felt like alpha, but like down a couple levels, like he's not going to step on you, but he just might like kick you a little bit. It's fine. Um <laughs> I really liked the performance. And like I said, I'm really glad that it didn't bend to a stereotype, which I don't know if that's direction or the way that the character flowed or just the choices in the booth, but whatever it was, um, I thought it was a really good job. Because like I said, it could have gone in a totally different direction. From the very first shot that you see this character, you're thinking, this is not the voice that I expect coming out of his mouth. And I'm glad that John Bergmeyer had that kind of voice and had the performance that he did in order to flesh out this character more and make him more three dimensional,
2: Gigi, have I mentioned that I love you and I fucking miss you? <laughs> I miss you guys too. We have when we're talking about three. we're talking about two fucking characters, <laughs> and the words "please step on me" were
0: used in some form of fashion. <laughs> I fucking I miss wanna you. I want to say that in I I would like to point out that in the Japanese that I I need to look this up. Be quick. Thank
3: God I've Googled Smile down the roadway so I know. I was like, yeah, I know Yonagina is Suwabe. Yeah, he's <laughs> Renjin Guji, which is actually more of the stereotype than the English voice was. So, I mean, I'll take it because it's Junichi Suwabe, but, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: like, I did yes, my homework.
0: Thank you. You're like, Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Me going back to watch. English I was like, watching is ge- going into fashion
0: now. It's great. Oh,
3: god bless. <laughs>
0: when does Yana? When does Yana Gita stand on the roof and play the saxophone? That's
3: episode thirteen. That's in the OVA.
0: <laughs> That's the Yana Gita's Just <laughs> 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 poor root is poor root is here. Like I fucking own all of Udapraid. Oh my god! I the best the best checks we ever got in group chat. Was Roots being like, My dad just asked what Udupri is because it's on our family's
1: Plex server. <gasps>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but what was the description?
1: Oh god, what did I describe it as? Um I had to describe male idols to him. Uh huh. That was fun.
0: <laughs> Nazi is Again, an actor I'm not familiar with. Even though I've watched Code Geass: Aquito the Exiled, it's the best part of Code Geass. Fuck you, fight me. I mean, um, not wrong. Wrong. GG <laughs> Just... is over. Party is coming. No I'm kidding. You oh my god! Over. My hashtag. <laughs> my brand. You can never be. <laughs> my brand. You can never be over, baby. Oh. Oh yes oh yes uh so i was actually kind of pleasantly surprised it was mostly because i could not for the life of me figure out who the fuck was playing rinosuke but i i I liked him gg's right he does sound like he would just be coming off an episode of project runway where he got eliminated for not following the directions um he also has this moment of of you can't eliminate me i'm eliminating myself (laughs) and he just fucking quits and then i love when he gets super pissed at Toe. Because was like, I don't fucking want you on my team. You suck. And he's like, bitch. And, and then Ikta's like, hey, buddy, I heard you need a team. I don't want to be on your fucking team either. Okay. <laughs>
3: that um, was the best. That
0: was great. <laughs> I want to be on your fucking team. Okay. Uh, and I really like the way that he balanced off of Karu, who is Elizabeth Maxwell, who I also could not tell this was Elizabeth Maxwell. I had to look that up. Um, Elizabeth does a really great job. I think that she she really holds it kind of all together. I think that she's got a a she's got a bitchy attitude, but she is not a bitch, mm. if you know what I mean. Yes, like there's this the stereotypical catty mean girl, and then there is the the anger and bitchiness of somebody who is immensely focused on the project and hates themselves for being insecure about their passions, and that they want to go far. And I I really think that it's it's kind of funny that the show goes out of its way to compare her about how much she kind of is leaning on Yanagita's designs. Where I feel like Elizabeth and John Bergwire both had very similar performances. They they acted ver- their characters acted almost very similar to each other because it's very clear that she is in many ways shaped by Yanagita's attitudes. And, and John as Yamakita has a lot of fun. I couldn't believe it was him at first, and then I kind of started hearing a lot of, uh, he's a more, to me, he's a more angry, uh, Seishin from Shiki. Mm, yep. I Yep. That's what that's what yep. I heard, not Shigure, more Seishin.
2: Yep, I hear which, that now, too. Uh,
0: God, I hate that Shiki's out of print, so I can't, like, refer to go please watch the Shiki. Also, be it's a perfect spooky month anime. Yes. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think of uh, between we're not talking about his character because unfortunately that character doesn't show up a lot uh, Chris Waycamp as uh, Chiyuki's dad yeah um, I think he was a little bit more gruff than him and a little like and, it, and it's good even though he's younger but it's clearly more also be that this guy is just very high strung even if he doesn't show it and I really like the way that he has this kind of curt way John has this kind of curt way of speaking as Yanagita and uh, when he's talking about the people who works for him, because he never calls any of them by their actual name.
3: That's the best. Yep. He
0: he calls Ito Bob. I think he calls Toast Silver, and he calls Kokoro the tall one. Yep. And and to me, I think some of the best comedy just comes between how like soft and scared Kokoro is having to deal with this fucker. <laughs> just like you're just like Kokoro, please just kick him like a giraffe and leave. Um you're you're a big girl. You can do this. Just kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Just kick him in the nuts and get out of there. Uh, but again, three again, and and that's something I I, I want to compliment the the cast members that we've talked about from uh, the last two segments. Is that a lot of them do have very good performances, but I don't think that any of them overwhelm the the main cast mm-hmm. of this show, and they very much do a thing where I think. I think it was Christopher Bevins at a panel that we went to at Anime Boston talked about fitting a cast together like a puzzle piece. Yes, it was A bunch of puzzles, uh, pieces, and then you just find that one actor who slips in perfectly. And that's the thing that I really like about good dubs is that a good dub has an almost invisible feel to it. And so far, a lot of the cast members in this, it's kind of very seamlessly fit into these characters, but they don't overwhelm the main cast. So let's move on from the fashion world to the not so fashion world, but the people who inspired Ikto. Let's talk about the ladies of the Sumura family. There is uh, Yuriko Sumura, who is the Sumura para- family matriarch, who is very sick with unknown disease. She's got anime mom disease. Let's go with that. <laughs> Wrong hair. She, she's she gets l- better she's though. She's at least here. She's
2: she got better.
0: She got better cuz Gigi said it, she didn't have the right haircut. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if All she would point. have had a side pon if she would have had a side pony, she would have been dead in episode 8. Mhm. Um Oh lord. There is Honoka Sumura, the oldest sister of the sumara family she is really smart and trying to go to a good school and i think of all the sumara the Sumura sister she kind of has the most uh screen time and effect on the story mm-hmm. and i would actually like to genuinely point out that her and Ikto's relationship is some of the sweetest stuff in the show yes 100 like it actually genuinely made me cry uh uh yeah aoi sumara is the the middle child she is athletic good at volleyball and Ichika Sumura is a preschool-level adorable princess. Please protect. She just wants her brother to be happy and make her pretty close. Uh, playing Yuriko is Brianna Roberts. Playing uh, Honoka is Leah Clark. Playing Aoi is Trina Nishimura. And playing Ichika is Jade Saxton. And Brianna Roberts, you will know as Kayako Hong in Fire Force. Mirei in Conception. And Emeyav Hoshisato in Hayatana Illusion. Leah Clark, you'll note characters as, such as Yukio Kanzaki in Assassination Classroom, uh, Shinsen in Defrag, to which I forget who Shisen is. Uh, I believe it's the pukey girl. Oh, the girl who keeps throwing up. Yes. Um. And Mina in Teasing Master Tagaki-san. Trainer Mishimura, you'll know characters such as Aiko Kudo in Baka and Test, Sally in Black Clover, and Kurusu Ma- uh Kurusu Maksei in Steinsgate. Gate. Every Steins Gate fan just came out of the woodworks to stab me for butchering her name. Yeah, good job. Uh, run. I can't run. I'll just roll. I'm fat. Just curl up into a ball and go downhill. Uh, <laughs> Jade Saxon, you'll notice characters such as Eve, Jenoward, and Bakuno Taki in Hero's Tale, and Mana Ashura in Luck and Logic.
1: Uh, Roots, go first. Sure. Um, I actually don't have too, too much to say. Um, I thought all four of these ladies played their respective characters with a great familial warmth. Um, like Jade was really cute as the youngest. Um, Trina did the really sporty athletic sister really well. Um, and Brianna Roberts did the, um, did the sickly mom also really well. And the, um, When she shows up for the fashion festival for Ikato's set, um, that was also really, like when she called out to him, I, I shed a bit of a tear. Let's be real. I did too. Um, but I think the real winner here is Leia Clark. I thought she got a really great emotional arc out of her story and her interactions with Ikato. Um, like, she she never once seemed as much a, as stressed out and angry as she got over the course of the show. She never seemed like she didn't care. Um, she wanted to see Ikuto succeed as much as Ikuto does. Uh, and it really frustrated her every time he would give something up in order to... And, and a lot of the times it, it wasn't even like... He could have reasonably done some of these things, and it wouldn't have sacrificed too much for his sisters. But he does it anyway, because he he really wants to make sure they succeed, and... Like, it it was a great little family dynamic. I I really like these performances.
2: I'm going to start with Trina and Jade, because the two of them, they don't have as much uh involvement or to do in the story uh, um that leah and brianna have so i'll start with two of them they are both very precious jade is a precious cinnamon roll too good and pure for this earth this child must be protected at all times and i want her to grow to be a beautiful beautiful pretty princess Ikto, make her a princess remember she's supposed to be what was it cinderella in her school's little play that they were doing um side note (laughs) make her a princess Ikto.
1: do it she's a precious Uh, small bean She's so precious.
2: Plus protect. Um, Trina is fun as more of like the sporty kind of like tomboy. Um, but she actually has a tiny little bit in episode 10 as well during Ikuto's show. Because um, I really loved Ikuto's show because it pulled together so many little things that are, like, little nods to his family, and it's the sweetest thing. Um, with Aoi's being the color blue, because she loves the color blue so much. Um, and that little bit was precious. Uh, but Trina does very well with the wonderful, (laughs) tomboyish middle child sister. Um, Leah I also really liked. Um, Leah and Brianna actually have notes for compared to the other two. Um, Leah has such a kind heart. Um, but that also wants others to strive for their own goals. Like Roots was saying, there's a point fairly early on in the show where Ikuto is putting his family first instead of his dreams and that kind of really upsets um, Hone- uh, Wow, Honoka, very much. Um, to the point where the two of them end up in a fight and she doesn't talk to him for for a little while. But Honoka uh, is such... She's such a sweet, kind person, wanting the best for everybody. She's very selfless uh, in that regard. She wants the best for everybody else but her own, which explains Ikto's personality in a nutshell as well. Family genetics. Um, But I loved Leah's portrayal of it. And, oh man, episode 8 did give you a little bit of a gut punch when Ikto goes to the hospital um, to find Honoka, and she's just upset and crying and all upset and it's just uh breaks my heart Leah does it very well and Brianna Roberts speaking of episode 8 I really loved her performance in that episode in particular I thought it was absolutely beautiful especially the part where she's narrating the note that she wrote to her kids um that was very heartfelt and beautiful and I just loved every second of it the first time I watched it I did cry a little bit during it um when andrew watched it with me because before before um production was halted on the dub he only watched until through episode five i watched i had already watched episode eight by that point so when he watched it with me he started crying a little bit too um and i just loved it it was such a beautiful scene and a beautiful moment for brianna and i think that's the highlight one of the highlights i should say of um Yuriko as a character. The other one being what Rube's already described towards the end during Ikito's showcase where she just like calls out to him and starts crying and again, I also cried during that. Um, Brianna Roberts is not a name that I know very well, um, but I would love to see her doing much more things and being more beautiful precious mother characters. I think I think that'd be fantastic. Um, I'm trying to remember who she was in Fire Force. I think she's one of the other fire captains, if I'm correct. She's
0: uh, the captain of, I think, Company 6, who is the medical one? Okay, yep. I think that's it. Yeah, she's the the head of the medical team. Got it. Yep, now I remember.
2: But um, I would love to see Brianna and more things. But in general, the whole family is just so wonderful and supportive and they balance each other very very well and I loved every second of it
0: all right Gigi go for it
3: why do I always have to be the bitch
0: oh
2: no why why is it
3: always me
2: it's not that you're being the bitch I'm just sensing you have to be a little critical is all
3: well let's start with people who I don't have a lot to say about Um, poor Jade Saxton suffers from the most stilted dialogue in this entire show to be fair, it's also stilted in the Japanese, this poor girl. But she still is super cute as little Ichika. But wow, her dialogue is just woof. Um, Trina Nishimura, she doesn't say a lot. This is my character type. It was very downplayed, which I enjoyed because it it's a nice contrast from like the sporty type who usually will just yell a lot. So I enjoyed that. Um, Leah Clark as Hanukkah. Um, this is a hard character. She has to be level-headed because she's supposed to be very, very smart. Um, but she's really emotional. And sometimes she has to get a little bratty, like when she's fighting with uh, Ikuto. And uh, let me tell you, I was the one who watched this first. And I said, wait, everyone, until you get to episode eight, when the, the tears will fall and they will not stop until the end of the anime. Because from... Then on, like I was just a hot train wreck mess. Could not stop crying. Um, that's what happened when I watched Nana, but Nana's 47 episodes, so I won't tell you where I start and stop there. That's a little embarrassing. Oh, um, Nana's also my favorite anime of all time. I like the train wreck crying. Um, when Honoka was having her meltdown, um, I believed it. I believed that Leah Clark was like losing her mind in the most horrible way possible which is great voice acting like it's very hard if you're not actually crying and losing your shit to sound like you're crying in a believable manner and this did and then we have the mom um and i feel really terrible about this um i just throw a sad face i i i feel like okay so this is either like This is me with my... I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. This could be a very conscious choice. Or it could just be this is how I felt while I was listening to it. But it wasn't only me because Chris also watched these episodes. And he kind of had the same feelings that I did. Um, I felt that this pulled me out of the anime. Um, And I, I know she's trying to be a mom. But I did not feel any emotion from her until ikuto's fashion show at the end that's when i felt it and i felt that that's where um yuriko hit her stride and that's where i heard the emotion behind the voice was at the very end and it sucks that it took the whole series for it to get there now i will say if this is a conscious choice to not let her children know how sick she actually is by faking it the whole time then that's a freaking brilliant choice like Because I was just like, why does this not sound right? Like, just in my ear. And then Chris was watching it and he was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. And I was like, then in episode eight, you learn that she's sicker than she lets on. So I was like, well, is it a thing where it doesn't sound right because she's completely faking it to try and make herself sound well, but she literally can't sound well enough because she's so sick? Like, this is where my brain is like maybe it is a conscious choice i but like i said i couldn't i couldn't feel the emotion until the very end if that was a conscious choice jesus christ Breonna roberts is is really great at this but i just i don't i don't know i honestly like and i feel really bad i i feel really bad saying that it took me out but every time like i just i was like that it sounded like I know everybody's recording from home, but it sounded like literally like if you're watching a movie when you can tell a line is added in post,
1: Mm.
3: like that's what it sounded Uh like. Like it shouldn't be in there. Like it's put in there to try and explain something or try and add something that wasn't in the original dialogue, if that makes sense. Like you can tell when a line is 80 yard in. I don't know. But that's my thoughts on that. And it's it's such a small role. And I feel really bad because I really like, you know, me, I want everybody to be super great and amazing. And I, I just like, I really hope that was the choice that she went for. But like I said, we don't know. So,
0: hmm.
3: you know, that, that, that's honestly thoughts. very
2: fair.
0: That's honestly a very fair assessment. Well, don't feel bad because when I get to my own feelings on uh, Brianna, we'll get to there. Uh, Jade is Ichika. She was just the cute, adorable, precocious little girl. Uh, unfortunately, Ichika doesn't get to do a lot because Ichika is like four. And uh, as we all know, uh, children are allowed to do things in, in anime, unless it's an anime about kids. Uh, Aoi, uh, Trina as Aoi, uh, I also feel like blended into the background. She kind of has her moment in during Ito's fashion show where she, she you learn that she was kind of bullied because her brother made her gloves and she doesn't want them anymore. But it's... And she kind of gets, like, little things in the middle of the series. Like, I think at one point, Ikto and her kind of have this fight when he's really stressed out about the show. Yeah. And she's like, take a shower. And he's just like, would you fucking leave me alone, basically? And you're like, whoa, chill down. Chill down, my dude. Uh, Also, I'm sorry for the crinkling noises. I, I need to, like, touch something and the booby pillow isn't doing it for me right now um, <laughs> it's not oh, doing it for me like, anymore guys. like if you don't know like i have to always be like playing with something while i record or like i just will go off um i i'm focused on what i'm doing but like my hands have to be doing something leah as honica is i think like probably one of my favorite performances in the show just because it is just so good like she absolutely nails being like that's the one thing about her and, I think, Ikto is they are very clearly two kids who have to be adults. Mm-hmm. Like, they they don't get to be kids because they're poor. And they have a single mom who is in the hospital and they're in debt. And Honoka, more than Ikto, has a very tangible talent that she can put to use and get a scholarship because she's smart. And people will pay good money for her to be smart. And she can get scholarships. But Ikato has to be... But Ikato's passions put him in a place where he's got to fight for everything he's got. And so does she in a sense. And they have this kind of great balance off each other. But they also butt heads a lot. uh, Whether it be about money or about their feelings. Because there's also a great scene, I think... In episode 4 where she absolutely fucking loses it on him because he doesn't call them. Yep. And say where he is. And she, you can hear in in the voice, in Leah's performance, the voice of a scared teenager who is, has to be the team mom, the family mom because mom isn't there and dad's dead. And you can hear her trying to sound like she's all grown up, but it's clear that she's not. And she's just freak- and it's like it's like she said she's freaking the fuck out she has to have these moments uh, I think in episode uh 8 where she's got the letter and she freaks out cause Ikto didn't come immediately and she and Ikto's literally gotta piece the letter back together cause she's ripped it up and you can kind of hear a lot of the hurt in her voice but I think the absolute sweetest moment in the entire show for Honoka and I think Leah sells it is when she is... They're both... Ikato and her are both so nervous that they go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, um... She, Ikuto's freaking out and she puts on the one song that they both like to listen to. And you just kind of hear her, like... Like, kind of moaning a little bit. And, like, just freaking out. And then she comes back and then she kind of starts crying because... Um... She hears the song and Aoi goes, Are you crying? And she's like, No... And then later on, Aoi starts crying. She's so Sodi crying, Aoi. She's like, no. <laughs> and then Brianna. Oh, man. I'm I'm torn like Gigi where I think Gigi brings up a fantastic point of if it was intentional that she's trying to be a little more emotionless and in control of things to hide that she is very sick and close to death and only overcomes that at the end, then good job. But I also felt that there was a lot of kind of flat line deliveries. Um, because I, I honest to god thought that the mom died, that she dies right before Ikto's show, and I thought that's where the show was going, and I was actually surprised that she gets to see her son's fashion show. Yeah, I thought and she was gonna die. <laughs> I thought she was. I thought she was fucked, man. Um, but I, I do think that when she has that moment at the very end where she screams out that, um, like Ikto, I'm proud of you is like the, the, the very large come up and of full circle of her show and and yeah I I thought that moment was great but I'm, I'm I think out of everybody in the show she is the performance I am very much mixed upon mm. and, it, it, and it might be one of those judge it for yourselves and genuinely if I ever got to meet Brianna like at a panel or anything I would actually like to know what her mindset was recording this character. Um, just because I think that that would give me a little bit more of an appreciation to her character or her performance. But again, this isn't something that we can just go like, hey, on our Twitter, like, hey, what was your thought process? Spoil this entire show for us. Exactly. Whereas at a yeah. panel, I, I think that's a little bit more fair because everybody in the room is kind of like, Alright, anybody can ask anything. Spoilers, you just kind of know going in there. Right, yeah. So, so there you go. Alright, let's moving on from actual moms to stage moms, meaning that they're fucking bitches. <laughs> um, well, one of, well, one of them is a bitch. One of them is a bitch. One of them is who I would call the genuine villain of the show. You know, I'm not wrong. E- even though she's not really much of a villain. There's you, Igarashi, and Shizuku... Naruko. Shizuku, I'll go over first, is a former top model that works for Melianege. She is basically Chiyuki's kind of idol, but when Chiyuki stops growing, she's the person who has to constantly tell her to stop it. But deep down, she never can really bring herself to do it because she sees so much fight in Chiyuki, and in her mind, the only thing that is stopping her from being a top model is her size. Yu Igarashi uh, hates Chiyuki because she was Chiyuki. Yep. Um, She is a former model who worked with uh, Shizuku, who now is a manager. She's specifically Kokoro's manager, who in a lot of the implications of the story did whatever she could to get herself out there. Yep. And I mean, whatever she could. Uh, if you go by implicating shots, she is kind of a very... Old person who in the sense of the story eventually gets challenged by Chiyuki that if she can pair up with Kokoro the model that she managed manages that Kokoro will be free from her obligations of being a model to follow her actual dreams uh playing Shizuku is Stephanie Young and playing you is Colleen Clickenbeard Stephanie Young you'll know his characters such as Echidna Paras and Black Cat Nico Robin in the One Piece franchise and Daru Dayu in Show by Rock. Colleen Klinkenbeard is not a stranger to a lot of people, but just in case you don't know, she is Sumo- uh, Suomi in Aquarion Evol, Miranda Lotto in the gray Man franchise, and Misako Kurata in Koducha. And you know, like, Luffy and Momo, but those are the obvious ones.
1: I think I'm gonna start with Colleen Klinkenbeard and Yui Garashi. Um, I like how cold she played it. Like, I really do. Like, she is probably the closest thing to an actual villain that this show has. Um, Other than another character we'll be talking about a little later, but he's not really much of a... He's more of an antagonistic force than an actual villain. She is an absolute jerk to Kokoro. Throughout the course of the show, until... Basically, the very end, after she has been challenged and she shows up to Kokoro's fashion show. But at the same time, she happens to be wearing the suit Kokoro made for her, even though she's not a fan of Kokoro doing fashion design. She wants her to be a model. And one other aspect that I absolutely adore about this performance, um, Colin Beard absolutely nails ...use jealousy of Kokoro. You can tell... ...even before the monologue she had about... ...you know, everything she did to be a part of the fashion industry... ...you can tell that... ...she is absolutely angry at Kokoro for wanting to... ...give up the incredible talent of her height uh to pursue her other talent in actually designing clothes i just absolutely love it and i i love the oh what is a moment i absolutely adored um i just like this i i really did and um it actually despite the fact that i i recognize the voice of um Of Shizuku as Stephanie Young. It didn't entirely click until a little later. Uh, Just because... I don't think I've heard Stephanie Young do a lot of... Voice acting and Funimation dubs other than Nico Robin as of recently. Um, So it's definitely welcoming to see her in a show like this. Um, And you know like with Madeline Morris, I appreciate the fact that Stephanie Young is basically playing a character who has to put on an act of her own. Um, in this case, she has to act like she has to be the person Chizuku has to prove wrong. She absolutely does believe in Chizuku's goal to become a top model, but She has to be antagonistic towards that in order to drive Chizuku toward it.
2: So you're talking about Chiyuki, Chiyuki.
1: Chizuku. Yeah, I'm tired, guys. I
2: just—it's been a long day. day.
1: I literally just got off work two and a half hours ago.
2: I was about to say he—he basically almost immediately came back from work just to record a podcast.
1: (laughs) I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she absolutely has to be antagonistic towards, um, towards Chiyuki in order to drive her towards her goal of becoming a top model. Um, without, you know, I've heard a lot of voice actors, um, one of the pieces of advice that they give in panels when people, you know, do the obvious question, how can I become a voice actor? Um, they basically say, "Have somebody who you can prove wrong," and mm. I, I think Stephanie Young does a really great job with that here. So I definitely enjoyed these two performances, and I will pass it on because I'm I'm a tired boy.
0: Uh, go ahead, Gigi.
3: All right. Um. So Shizuku. Played by stephanie young i make a lot of nana references to this anime because it reminds me a lot of paradise kiss who has the same mangaka as nana um so like if nana were a mama this would be shizuku um she's very tough yet there's a lot of love that comes across in the performance here um a lot of hope f- to for chiyuki to prove her wrong and then just a lot of respect, like not only for Chiyuki, but like for her craft as a whole for modeling. So I think this role is really kind of like a little more complex than you could probably give it credit for. Unfortunately, it's only in it's only featured in a couple of episodes, but Stephanie does a great job. Um, so Colleen Clinkenbeard, <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this. Uh-oh. I just keep thinking of chi from brothers conflict and all her pent-up rage and aggression oh that she'd have oh in god. her yes. from having all those guys get up on her and now she has become a fucking you igarashi that's amazing. i love i
2: love this this is a nice story progression. progression now
3: i loved this so much oh my god um this performance made me so happy You is, like, totally, like, my female character type. And this bitch will step on you. You know how I said that (laughs) what's-his-name wouldn't quite step on you? Oh, no. She's got her six-inch stiletto heels, and she will smash on your face. Like, (laughs) you takes no prisoners. And I don't think this performance took any prisoners either. She was such a badass bitch. I was so happy. And then at the end, because Colleen showed use humanity through just like not even dialogue lines but like little noises that she made when you find out that you is wearing kokoro's suit and i just thought that that was fucking charming that like the badass bitch has a heart after all um And that it came out through not only the character, but through the performance. And even though she knows that Kokoro has won, like Kokoro doesn't have to be a model anymore. She can be a designer. She's very, very defeated, but she's not going to let that keep her down. And you can hear that in the performance. Like, you know, you know exactly what's going on. I love this a lot. This was friggin' great. Bravo, ladies. Next contestant.
0: Staff, please.
2: Um, I'm gonna, I'll start with Stephanie as well. (laughs) Stephanie, talking about Stephanie, woo! Um, no, I really love, I love Stephanie Young as an actress. She is always phenomenal, and it's always a delight to hear her um, come in for different performances and roles. And this one is no different, like, because Shizuku is strict, but she shows support. And like, like Gigi and Ruth were saying, she pushes Chiyuki to be her best because she knows that Chiyuki can do it if she puts her mind to it. She just lacks the height. Everything else about her screams supermodel. 100%. And Stephanie is just a fun, supportive figure for Chiyuki. Um, she's also a fun balance with Colleen's Igarashi as well. Because both of them are know each other from their days as being models. But Shizuku has more of a more relaxed viewpoint of the industry and where it's headed. Whereas Igarashi is still stuck on the thought of this is what it is to be a model. Why are you just doing... Why are you wasting your talents and all this fun junk. Um, so I really love Stephanie as this... Fantastic role model. This fantastic mentor and figure. <laughs> the second I saw Colleen on the screen harassing Kokoro, I wanted to punch Igarashi in the face. And when you when Steph wants to punch some a character in the face, you know you done good. Because, <laughs> let's face it, if you want me to hate a character, that's the best way to do it. If I want to punch you in the face, you done good. Um, Colleen, though... I think she does a fantastic job being this, not necessarily spiteful character, but this very harsh, very brutal, very... She looks down on other people. She looked down on Shiyuki quite a bit, but again, that's only because she sees herself in Chiyuki at the same time. Um, and then she really, really is horrible to Kokoro. Just like, you're not going to make it as a designer. Your only talent is modeling. This is what you have to do. Don't waste your time. Like, like Roots was saying, Igarashi is as close as you can get to a villain in this show. But I do want to... I don't know if... I do want to point this out. And I don't know if anybody noticed this too. Or I'm just being very, very weird. Um, In the latter the latter the last third of the show I think starting from episode 9 onward I don't know why but Colleen's tone of voice for the character sound much deeper than it did in earlier episodes I don't know if that was a sudden character change or if it was something else or maybe I'm just absolutely fucking crazy and just picking up on something really weird but um it was just very weird and it suddenly became a little bit jarring to me I don't know what happened there, but, um, it's a weird thing that I just noticed while watching the show, um, especially, it was definitely in the episodes, like, starting nine onward, when that which they recorded at home, I don't know if there was something in play with that one, but it just, it's a weird thing I picked up on, um, but other than that, I, <laughs> these two are polar opposites in, of each other in personality, then they have probably one of the better dynamics in the whole show honestly because because of the fact that they're total opposites and i enjoy the performances of both of these characters very very much
0: oh let's go with this uh i really could i i'm so bad at finding stephanie young characters i am the fucking worst at it um i'm sorry stephanie
3: she's the lady in code realize
0: she is. She's the Queen of England. She, she's That's also, the only thing
2: I know her is. Isn't she also um, KK in Blood Blockade Battlefront?
0: Yes, yeah, she is. She's Ultimate Mom KK. She's Best um, Mom KK. Best Mom KK in Blood Blockade Battlefront. Yes. Like, <laughs> trying to keep her kids together and fighting off supernatural shit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I genuinely liked a lot of her performances. as Shizuku. Um, I thought that she kind of had a warmth to her when, she, when Chiyuki wasn't there. Mm hmm. But she turned on the, the ice when Chiyuki was. Uh, I find I find it really funny that she, when Chiyuki talks about uh, not being able to smile down the runway, it's when Shizuka tells her that she can't smile. But, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't have a lot to say on this because I genuinely... I just... I know she's an important character, but something about her performance didn't tick anything off at me. And I was just like, this is nice. I like this. this just <laughs> It didn't do a lot for me, but it also just, like... It was nice. That's all I could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalina's you was a lot. Um, she was this very... This character who you very much wanted to hate, but at, like, once... But once you kind of realized her backstory, you're like, fuck, I can't actually be mad at you. Right. <laughs> I can't be mad at you for your story, but I can't be mad that you're hurting Kokoro's dreams, because you're a bitter old bitch. <laughs> um... I think that Colleen got that across really well. And the thing that I like is that um I don't want to say that this is best Colleen's performance Colleen's best performance as an antagonistic character all year because we all know what the actual fucking answer to that is.
2: Yeah, um, just a
0: bit. <laughs> someone's on my list for end of the year's for that show and it's probably Colleen. Um hmm. f- Fuck Akito. Um I think that she has this sense of you know what it is she is she is that person who you know in every RPG where you have the young spunky adventurer who's like, "Yeah, I'm going to live my dreams and achieve my goal." And there's just that one older adventurer sitting at the end of the bar taking a smoke and a drink going, "Yeah, good luck with that kid." <laughs> <laughs> she 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 is there's a level of jaded in her performance that gets carried throughout the entire thing, and there's so little chance for her to be just happy for someone. And even like and it's one of my favorite scenes in the show, is the very last episode where she's like, Yeah, just come back whenever you want, through a text message, and Chiki's like, What the fuck is this shit? Where's my apology? <laughs> um, I love that. And Kokoro is just like, This is her own way of doing it, and you're like, Kokoro, no, she was an asshole to you. Stop being nice. Kokoro, do you ever just want to stop being nice? Don't you just want to go ape shit for five seconds? And that's the thing I love about Colleen's performance. And I think it's another genuinely one of my favorite ones in the show is she evokes something in her performance that is that makes you not want to like her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that is like what Steph said. That's that's a talent. Colleen's a very talented actress for a reason. Shinya, please stop playing with paper. Um, <laughs> Shinya, please, please,
2: please lay on the pillow and be queen again. But- I
0: think that there is little moments of warmth in Colleen's performance, especially like when you know that she's got the suit on and mm-hmm. she, you kind of know that in her heart of hearts that she was maybe wrong to keep Kokoro pent up. But still, okay, now she's got a sock. Um, a <laughs> little bit quiet. That's all, that's, that's all I've got to say. Next up, we have the, not the main pair, but kind of the rivals for everybody in a sense. Uh, for Chiyuki, that is Kokoro Hasegawa, a soft-spoken tall girl who doesn't want to be a model despite having everything going for her as a model. Uh, she is kind, sweet, but she just wants to be a fashion designer and damn it if anybody's ever going to tell her to, to stop. For Ikto, that is To Ayano, the grandson of the famous Mai Iino of Afro Idite. He is a third year at the Geika Festival, the Geika School, while well, Kokoro is a first year. Uh To wants to get out of his grandmother's shadow and build his own brand, but he he isn't gonna do it unless he can do it a certain way. He is also a bit of an antagonistic asshole, but not in the way that you is. Playing To Ayano is Lee George, and playing Kokoro Hasagawa is Danny Chambers. Lee George you will know as characters such as Mordred in Radiant, Jimmy Stonefree in Listeners, and Iki Kirishima in Free Dive to the Future. Danny Chambers, you'll know a as such as characters as Bella and Bem, Mahoro in My Hero Academia, Hero Mahoro, sorry, it's Mahoro Mahoro Shimano in My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, and Misa. Konohata in Asteroid in Love. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to go first. Do it. Um, yeah. I always go last in these, but I'm going to go first. I'll start with Jan- Danny is cha- uh Kokoro. Uh, this is the year that... I think if last year finally got Danny breaking out of kind of dramatic, quieter girls, um, it was a godsend. Having her be this tall sweetheart girl Kokoro who is insecure but can turn it on to be the ultra model but there's just this childish kind of wonder to her and this general nicety and I love the fact that she and Ikato are very much the same people Uh, they're both just nice people who want to do their dreams because it's what makes them happy but everybody else wants to shove them in a box because Kokoro is tall and Kokoro has great proportions that she is to be a model and but she doesn't want that and I think that she plays Danny plays Kokoro with such a warmth and charm that it's almost hard to not be endeared to her like the second Kokoro comes on screen and talk you're instantly like I don't care whatever happens to Kokoro if you make her cry I will break your fucking kneecaps <laughs> It's true facts and actually that, and the thing is that, despite her her cuteness and her voice, it's not the ultra cutesy moe voice, because it can't be. Kokoro's character design does not lend it to have a cutesy, super high-pitched voice. And that's the thing that I like about Danny's, is it's softer, but it also has very much kind of a big girl voice because of her body type, not because she's older. Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't think I've necessarily seen from Danny. I think this might be one of the oldest characters that I think Danny has ever played, in my opinions, because she is very much like she's got to be like eighteen or nineteen. And I've mostly seen Danny play like fifteen. Uh, like I think say and Megaspread's like fifteen. Servo was like a literal eternal cat child. Um, I think everything else. I don't know. I've not watched Bem. I'm sorry. Uh, Mahara was literally a tiny child, so to hear Danny kind of play this older girl who is still soft and young, but not like uber uwu cutesy wootsy, is is a really nice take. And man, um, I did not know who toe was the second he he spoke because, uh, let's be real, uh, all right. So when Lee George was announced as Ikuya in Free, um. I, I think I watched, like, a couple episodes of Dive to the Future in the mm-hmm. dub, because I'm not the biggest fan of the free dub in general, and I wasn't necessarily sold with him as Ikuya at the time. Uh, So, getting to hear him him come back, because I haven't watched anything else with him really in it, and I, I did list listeners, which was, like, one episode, and then COVID happened, so we never got the rest of that. Uh, This turned me around a lot on Lee George. He was fantastic. There was this like... There was something ominous about him. And there was something off-putting. And it wasn't malice. But it also wasn't some guy like being ultra-friendly to just backhand and stab Mm -hmm. them the entire time. It was just... It was eccentric. Toe is an eccentric person with ex- expectations of how he wants things, and he's going to get them done the way that he wants, and he is going to have people fit into the box that he wants them to. Like, there's a reason why he is what you is to Kokoro to Ikto. He tells you, he tells Ikto that he doesn't have a place in the fashion world outside of being a pattern maker. And to boosting Toe's status. And there's something about the way that he really flips between these... I'm being a nice person on the outside, but I'm going to tell you how it is on the inside. And it's not because he's a mean person. It's because he has these preset notions of what he wants himself to be. And I think Lee really gets that eccentricity across without being super off-putting or super, like, creepy. Like, he is creepy at points, but it's not like- Look here, look
2: here. Our introduction to Toe has him hugging everybody and, like, spouting off measurements, all right? Their
0: measurements. Like, he's a very eccentric person. He's very- va- yes. But he's not, like- okay. He's not, like, gonna stab you in a back alley and take your eyeballs. <laughs> That's a different extreme right there. Like, I don't know why, but for some reason when Gigi said that she liked
3: Ibika, I was like, oh, so he's like Hisoka. I don't even need to talk now because you just said my name. <laughs> 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 Fuck. Uh,
0: so that's the other thing is like, I'll, I'll save it more for final thoughts, but yeah. But you know what? Since I took the words went out of your mouth, Gigi keep talking out of my mouth like an or- like a creepy like horror thing where like my jaw and hinges and Gigi just pops out of my oh, body
3: shit. i'm about to junji ito you yeah it some, some Gigi ito Gigi ito oh i should make that my halloween display do date. it do it bitch do do it. It. oh god toe is my boy obviously for obvious reasons <laughs> toe is is my man of the show um so just like megan said like even his character design kind of reminds me of Hisoka from Hunter Hunter 2011. Let's not confuse it with the subpar Hunter Hunter that is 99 where Hisoka has
1: blue hair. No, no, no.
3: Oh, We're talking 2011.
1: You are going to that attract was a, internet weirdos with that take.
3: That was a hot take. Um, <laughs> and It's, it's not a wrong r- take either. <laughs> I don't like blue haired Hisoka. I just don't. <laughs> It's red hair or nothing. Anyway, okay. speaking...
0: you know that you know that all might meme where it's like uh, don't go for this, only villains yes. go for this. That's it's the blue hair hisoka's and that one of the red hair hisoka's and the and the only heroes do this one. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs>
1: oh, anyway, we right. need the visual reference Jackson. Oh, we know you can. You have so the technology.
2: Jackson, I'm
0: sorry. Apparently you got magically volunteered for this episode now.
3: He can, I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll send him a bag of ketchup chips. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, anyway, so like Hisoka is a murderous, crazy person and Toe, while not murderous, he is kind of crazy, but he's like eccentric, crazy. Like Megan said, he also really kind of reminds me of Lito from Diabolic mm, Lovers. Yep. A little. Wrap your head around I was, that I see one. it a little bit. Is he um, going to call Ikato his little bitch? <laughs> I really hope so. Season two. (laughs) That that would be great. Ten out of ten. So I feel that Toe, he's equal parts professional, but also equal parts kind of desperate. And when Lee was talking, I could hear it, especially in the parts where he's judging and then turning around and trying to turn the tables on Ikuto, where he's like, oh my gosh, Ikuto, you're so great. You could totally do this that and that, if you're a pattern maker for me. Like, he's kind of desperate to not have Ikuto as competition, but at the same time he wants to work with him in a a different way. So you can see kind of where it comes from. Um, He's very sharp-tongued. I felt that, not only the dialogue, but the performance. And Lee had to make Toe be savage while being like heartwarming at the same time, which is really hard to do. Um I think he did a really great job at it. I think it worked really well. Honestly, I've never heard anything that Lee George has been in consciously. Um, so I haven't I can't compare it to anything else. Um, but Toe is my boy, like He's like your friend who, uh, when you come up and hug them, and this is exactly what he did in the anime, was like, oh my gosh, girl, I haven't seen you in so long. And oh my gosh, oh, look at you. You would look so much better if you just parted your hair a different way. And you're like not offended by that because you know that he's right and he's only looking out for the best for you. But at the same time, you're like, did he just insult me to my face? (laughs) Like and that's the kind of tone that Lee George had to pull off a lot mm-hmm. here, and I think he did a really good job. I also, to go along with what I said earlier about John Bergmeier, I'm happy that this character didn't fall into a stereotype that could have been, um, it could have made people uncomfortable. Oh,
0: for anybody who's wondering what it is, if you've ever seen Kids on the Slope, it's Blake Shepard's character. You
1: have to remind in, me. Yeah, in dubs by if you've that never seen the dubs of kids director looks,
0: if you've never seen oh i'm gonna do the voice just to do it's like hey guys like that type of voice yeah it is oh, a very did
1: that? common thing yeah in it's Sentai dubs by oh. the director of kids on the slope slope
0: yeah he does it's it's really bad like it that dub is also just genuinely a very bad dub but that's that's because of the director not the actors because there's a bunch of really talented people in it
3: yeah well I'm I'm glad that didn't happen and I say this with all my love because as a girl who has like 75% gay male friends like and not saying that any of these characters are gay I don't know what their sexuality is so don't come at me but I'm just saying like as that stereotype exists not every gay male sounds like that yeah. so I just I like that it didn't it didn't conform to there where it could have easily done so and like I said I don't know anything about Toe other than I really love this character and that's all that really should matter because he gets the GG stamp of approval so so can I, wah, wah, at, can and, I get, ask this question you uh, welcomed Nazee to Dub Talk earlier are we welcoming Lee George
2: to Dub Talk as well
3: now oh yeah Lee George welcome to Dub Talk
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> thought so I feel like I we have, to have watch... more to say about him later.
3: I know, right, Roots? I have to watch free season three because in my other show, we just watched free season one. And I like, I've never talked about the dub to free season one. So it kind of got like some hot takes. So I mean, not oh, wrong. Trust
0: me. No matter no matter what you do, you will never be as mad at it as I am. Where I literally broke into tears about how much I fucking. Yeah, it.
3: we don't talk. about. I don't hate more. it. It's just one performance that really is not what I want. And it's, it's Haru. Anyways.
0: We can talk about that after this.
3: Yes. We don't need to talk about this now. Oof. Um, Actually, I'm going to talk about it a little when we get to Ikuto, but we'll hold on that. Um, Kokoro, in A Perfect World, I would not like this character. I would not like her she's not like my type of girl that i normally like in an anime she's the one that i'm like oh god why why is this why is why is everybody like coming to her and whatever because if they're too precious and they're not like a toddler i'm just like do you have the right to be this cute without having an edge however when when like megan said when kokoro opened her mouth i was like oh we have to protect her at all costs Like, Kokoro Protection Squad wears my hat, my t shirt, and my official rifle. Like, get the fuck away. Shit. Like, I was just like, Danny brought humanity to this character who normally, and I did listen to the Japanese dub a little bit, did not feel as much affection towards Kokoro as I did in the English dub. Because Danny brings this level of humanity to her that. You wouldn't hear like normally. It's just very like it's not, it's not weird. It's just talent. So I really liked that about it. Um, and yeah, who's got my 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 t-shirt and my hat? <laughs> Kokoro, Kokoro means heart we'll in Japanese. Can we have hearts on it? Because Kokoro means heart in Japanese.
2: Yes, Kokoro Protection Great. Squad.
3: Maybe, like, a spotlight shining on the heart. Because it's the runway, and there's spotlights. Kokoro Protection Squad.
2: Oh, my God. Tell Hardy about that design. He'll throw all that shit up real
0: fast.
3: I just made merch. Hooray. I'm done.
0: Steph, I need you to now come out of Gigi's unhinged job, like a Gigi's creature. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Danny on this
0: one. Um. <laughs> Danny is too pure and good for this world. Remember kids, it's not night. It's not always nightmare fuel. It might be someone's <laughs> God.
3: God damn it. Good.
0: good Sorry. Steph, good night go everybody.
2: <laughs> no, um I'm going to start with Danny. She is too precious, too good, too pure for this earth. <laughs> Bottom line, Coco Protection Squad, let's go. Um but I think it's cuz like, I I agree with Gigi. She put she has this wonderful amount of humanity to the role because um, Kokoro is so cheery and just so precious and very charming that you can't help but like want to be friends with this girl one hundred percent. But you also are fully aware from the get go that she does have these insecurities about herself because she's being told that she can't be a designer, her only talent is being a model because in the in the modeling world, she is the perfect figure and the perfect height. She has a model's 100% perfect body in order to succeed in this industry. Um, so even though Danny gives that humanity and gives that cheery, wonderful, charming personality that Kokoro has, I also really love when Danny has to portray those insecurities and that level of anxiety that she has to go through over the course of the show, um, doubting herself and her her lack of self confidence, I really enjoy those dark, those deeper moments too, because um, it just gives more complexity to Kokoro as a character, and it, it draws more of that humanity that she has in the performance out of it, and I love 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 it so much um, precious cinnamon roll too good and pure for this earth um, I think unlike everybody else I don't know Roots' background outside of Radiant cause Radiant's a thing I did watch all of Free Dive to the Future um, and I'm gonna be straight up real with you Between Lee George and Chris uh, Lewin ramirez I was, as the two new characters, Lee George was my least favorite, not just between the two, but I think in the entire show that season. It was just very stiff. It could be robotic at times. I wasn't a huge fan of it. So, going into Toe, this is Leaps and Bounds, so much better than when he was Ikuya, 100%. And what's funny is the tone that Lee George uses as Toe is basically the exact same tone as he uses for Ikuta. Toe is Ikuta, but Toe has more of a personality, as is probably the most blunt way I could put this. Um, and I don't mean to be harsh, but that's the best way I can describe this. So every second Toe is on screen, you are absolutely enthralled and intrigued by this character, because Toe <laughs> Toe can be a bit of a narcissist. Toe is very blunt. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's after. He's going to do it his way, um, and he's very, very brutal. Um, he pushes. I said this to Andrew when we were watching the show um, together. And he was just like, what the fuck, Toe? And I'm like, the only reason why Toe is doing this to Ikto is because he sees him as a rival and he's pushing him. To be fair, he also does not want him to get on his level and wants to take him out of the business entirely. So to some extent, he does want to discourage Ikto, but I also think he wants to push him more because he knows the raw talent that Ikto does possess. And I really love... Uh, those moments where he does that, where he's completely brutal. But it's for Ikto's sake um, as well. And it's a very intriguing performance. Between this, and I know Roots is going to mention this too, um, another show dub that just started yesterday. But between this and that show that he has a role in, <laughs> I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. Because I watched that ep- that first episode last night. And I'm like, oh damn. This is great. I already love this character he is. <laughs> like, 100%. So... Yukia <laughs> from Free Death to the Future walked. So that this bitch, Toe Ayano could run. <laughs> like, 100%. Um, Lee George, I think, is... After the rough start that I've seen from a couple years ago, uh, he's well on my radar for sure with this and with the new show he's doing. But I really
0: love his performance
1: as Toe, one hundred percent.
0: All right, time. All right, roots. Time for you to Junji Ito out of Steph.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just pop out of Steph's mouth with the with the Carol Danning. Hey, I <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm why does the Junji why does, why does our Junji Ito master sound like Ryan Styles doing a Carol Channing
1: impression? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Shit. I love you, babe. It, it would either be that or start the reactor, Quade. Start the reactor.
0: God. No, that's when you Junji Ito out of Amon. <laughs>
1: Shit.
0: <laughs> True fact. I love you, Jared. We love you, Jared. We love you. <laughs> True facts.
1: Okay. Um, So first and foremost, um, Danny Chambers. Um, Yeah, I largely have to agree with everyone here. Um, I didn't expect to like her character as much as I did. Um, She... When you're first introduced to her, I was kind of annoyed. um, Mainly because... You know, the start of the of the arc where she's a model but also trying to be a designer and she's being stymied from one of those paths. Uh, and you know, I I can relate to the sort of anxiety fit she gets over that because, you know I do I am prone to those kind of fits of anxiety. Just in general. Um, But. I'm trying to figure out the point where her character endeared to me. Um, I think it's basically the point where. Where Yu is more or less kidnapping her from the. um, From John Bergmeier's shop. If I'm remembering that right Or or from the from the academy.
2: Oh, uh that's um episode 5, right?
1: Mhm. Yeah.
2: Where we're introdu- introduced to her. In- introduced to um Igunashi.
1: Yeah. Like that was the point where I, I started to realize, "Oh, like this is going to be a whole arc thing." Sit down with the with the bowl of popcorn. This is going to get interesting. Mhm. <laughs> Um, But in all seriousness, um, Danny Chambers' Kokoro is a precious being who must be protected at all costs. Protect that smile. Kokoro Protection Squad, unite! Sorry, I had to do that. Um, In particular, the end of the series when she's finally... She finally gets the bet with you that if she manages to win the festival, she can continue studying to become a designer. Which, you know, personally, I know there's probably, like, you know, etiquette reasons why you couldn't in the fashion world, but Mm -hmm. I don't get why she couldn't just do both. I'm sure it's... A little bit of, you know, dividing your time between these two professions that... Whose experience and... You know, um... Skill sets uh, don't mesh. But I... I really hope to see more of that dynamic in a potential second season. Or, if that doesn't happen, you know, continuing to read on in the form of the manga. So about lee george and toe i really like the fact that he is sort of like you know everybody has been saying so far with an eccentricity it's not like this menacing aura of intimidation or menace like he is just hell bent on doing the things he wants to do his own way um he is trying to build up Ikato in his own way. He wants to mold and shape Ikato into the shape he wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is important to the to the story of the um, the Geika Fashion Festival. Is that when he is basically trying to pressure Ikato into becoming his pattern maker... Like... He's kind of trying to take him out as competition while at the same time building him into the image that he wants Ikato to take. I I did think that was a bit messed up, but, you know, hey. You wouldn't have a story arc with a character like this if you didn't. Uh, but Lee George as Toe, God, this was so good so good um he drips with charisma which is really important Mm -hmm. like you hear him talking to ikato about you know becoming his pattern maker or his critique of ikato's first um festival challenge and you kind of want to take his side, even though, you know, Ikuto is the protagonist, and by the nature of the, the sort of shonen battle-esque plotline, you are conditioned to take Ikuto's side, you're kind of hearing out Toe. And, you know, Lee George as Toe. Uh, now, personally, since this is The first time I am actually hearing Lee George in a major role in a dub, as far as I know. Um, I typically don't watch too, too much anime outside of what I end up covering for Dub Talk. Um, God, this guy's range is just magnificent. Just between this and the other show... Like, he is playing a wide, dynamic range of characters, and I just, I love it to death. So, both of these I really enjoyed, but let's move on to our last segment.
0: Let us do that. Let's talk about the, the, I I can't say the word, duo protagonist. It has an actual name. Megan's just dumb and has brain worms. (laughs) They are Chiyuki Fujito and Ikuto Sumura. Chiyuki Fujito is uh, the first character that we're introduced to. She is the daughter of the owner of Mile Neige. Uh, she's short, but she doesn't let that stop her from being what she calls a hyper model, which is a model who walks for her father's brand. She won't let anyone stop her. She is a little prickly, a lot of a lot of pokey, but deep down she wants what's best for herself and for other people to stop getting in her way. And she won't let anybody do that. Ikto is a sweet cinnamon bun too pure <laughs> for this world. <laughs> y- 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 who deserves all y- of the good Ikto things Protection in the life. Squad. <laughs> squad. He is a a poor uh, fat young kid who wants to be a fashion designer, who makes a lot of his stuff out of reused clothes, who just wants to, to follow his dream because he likes doing it, but he's gotta come to the, the harsh reality that being in an industry where I just want to do it because it makes me happy is not is not going to fly and people are going to try to cut you down. Uh, playing Chiyuki Fujito is Macy Ann Johnson and playing Igeto Sumura is Derek Snow. Macy Ann Johnson, you'll know as characters such as Scarlet Gosling in No Guns Life, Akashi in Azure Lane, and Hardcore Alice and Magical Girl Raising Project, to which for some reason Hardcore Alice isn't on A&N's page for her, which go fix that, please. Uh, J.R.R. if you're out there um, I know you do a lot of this for us and without you we wouldn't have half the episodes done in any <laughs> shape or form so please say thank you to J.R.R. Pictures on Twitter at any chance you get because he is literally the person who puts a lot of cast lists up uh, essentially if you've ever seen a cast list for a Netflix show come out at the god awful hours of the night it's because of him and he lives in Australia jeez
3: oh, thank
0: you Um, he is one of the nicest sweetest people you'll ever you'll ever get to talk to um play uh derek snow you'll know as characters such as shinra kusakabe in fire force uh itsuki amino in stars line and of course Yagintoshiro in token rambu hanamaru because i will never not let people not remember that and just because Gigi's here yes He's the fucking dog in Dance with Devils.
3: I was going to mention that, but I'm glad that you did it for (laughs) me. Pomeranian
0: Choir. It lives.
3: Pomeranian Choir.
0: I, I, literally, thank you, Shannon, who I used to work with on another (laughs) podcast, uh, who one time made a Dance with Devils review where they put dog of wisdom to the fucking Pomeranians, and I wish I had that clip. We will now do this entire segment in the Dog of Wisdom voices. <laughs> Shit. If you would like to translate. Put subtitles um, on the bottom of the screen on the YouTube video. Ha! <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-da! No, sorry. Now I sound like a Pokemon God. having an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, well, let's talk about Ikuto first, my little Pomeranian choir, <laughs> Mr. Mister Derek Snow. Oh, how far he has come from the little Pomeranian choir. Unfortunately, because I don't remember much of Token Ranbu Mario, the only thing I can really remember him from is the fact that he was in Dance with Devils and played the Pomeranian choir. Um, and I know he's done more since then. Don't come at me. But this is what I know him for, so this is what I'm it's talking about. Gigi doesn't watch All as right. much stuff
2: that Derek Snow has done sometimes.
3: And and that's, exactly. O- and that's okay. Exactly. I don't... I watch what I want, which right now is Mobile Suit Gundam 008. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Derek's performance as Igato. What a soft good boy. Um, literally, guys. I know I panned him in Dance with Devils. What a fucking way he's yes. come. He has come quite a way because he had to carry this show. He had to carry this show on Ikuto's frail little shoulders, and he did it. (laughs) He did a great job. Um, At first, I thought the show was about Chiyuki. And I was like, I'm going to love this because of what we'll talk about in a second. But then Ikuto... Like became the main character because Chiyuki kind of got written out of a bunch of episodes and we focused entirely on Ikuto, Mm -hmm. which means that Derek Snow had to carry the show and he did. And I was rightfully surprised because, like I said, the only thing I can remember him from is Dance with Devils, which bravo, sir, you are doing a good job. He literally transformed from the beginning of the anime to the end. Like, yes, he didn't get like his full butterfly metamorphosis because if we've seen the end of the show, we know it doesn't end in the way that your heart would want it to right. end, but it ended in the way that, Oh, this is probably correct. um, And you feel like something's not right here. Like something has to go on. There has to be more to this, but you could also feel through his performance that it's not the end. And he's not going to, Ikuto's not going to give up. Derek plays him with such determination and there's there are these soft nuances in his voice because I didn't know who this was when it started. And I was very, very confused because of these nuances in his voice that make him sound like Todd Haberkorn or Vic Mignogna. Because as we all know, Todd Haberkorn is the poor man's Vic Mignogna. And I was like, "Ah, this is a this is a thing. Like, I, I I didn't know. I, 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 I was very confused. But if you listen really closely, you'll hear them. There's, like, a little raspiness in all three of their voices that comes out at certain times. And you can hear it if you pay attention to I mean, it, like I fair. do. Like, that's it is what it is. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's just the way that the voice sounds. So y'all can like it or hate it, whatever you want to do with it. I thought this performance was tremendous. I really felt it a lot in my bones. And then Chiyuki, my best girl, other than you, because you is like badass bitch. Chiyuki and um, Macy Ann Johnson's performance reminded me a lot of Yuzu from Citrus Mm. and Megan Shipman, who played her. And I fucking love yuzu so i when i when um opened her mouth i was like oh my god i was like is that megan Shipman? i was like no it's not it's different but i loved it just the same because this is like my anime girl like that i want to root for um she's very sassy but she's also lovable like you have to love her because the whole point of the show is that she can do her job if you love her not because of how tall she is. So she came off both sassy and lovable. Um, But I could see how this could possibly be polarizing Mm -hmm. in both for the character and for the performance, because if you don't like those sassy anime girls, like you're probably not going to like this. And you'll be like, why is Chiyuki such a bitch? Well, she's, not a bitch she's just very determined and in macy and johnson's performance you can feel the determination in it which is a different kind of determination than what iguto has because Ikuto is such a soft character and he comes with a softer voice and Shiyuki's like up in your face like i am going to be a hyper model tyra banks watch out like put me on your show because i will make it to the top and i will win the god thing and get that cover girl contract <laughs> i you will know. be
2: the next cover girl bitch, bitch. let's go
3: I will smize your eyes off. Like, it'll be fine. Um, I loved this so much. And I believe I talked about her when I did the Magical Girl Raising Project episode. And she had a completely different voice. Because I don't remember her sounding like this. If she did, I apologize. That episode was a long time ago. But I, re- I loved this i loved it so i'm very happy that the show is carried by two protagonists who were so completely different but who both pulled off kind of the same acting except ikuto is not nearly as sassy as chiyuki but that's fine Derek snow has redeemed himself from the dog and i i'm a happy girl
0: (laughs) uh I guess I'll just go next. I feel like going next. So, uh, unlike Gigi, I watch a lot of stuff with Derek Snow. I it. know you do. I,
2: I was about to say, like, I think Derek Snow, <laughs> Snow redeemed himself from Pomeranian Choir a long time ago. But this is also Gigi who hasn't watched a lot.
0: In Megan's mind, Megan has always been like the undercover. Like Derek Snow oh, is no, actually yeah. really good. No, you guys yeah, yeah, are yeah. Just yeah. You one hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. you all are just y'all. I was like, y'all fucking wait, this man's gonna get his break on like a giant a show, and then Fire Force happened, and I'm like, yeah! That wasn't even his best performance last year, because that's yep. Itsuki and Stars Align. Um, to which, god, that's a, a, that show's like a year old, and I'm still pissed about that, how <gasps> fucked that show got. Um, it's such a beautiful show. Um, but Derek had, like Gigi said, had to carry a lot of the emotional parts of this show on his back. If, like, Chiyuki is the body of the show, but Ikto is the mm. heart, a lot of the emotional parts of this show are because I think the drama around him is so strong. You inherently want to root for Itsuki. Ikto. Itsuki. Sorry. You want to root for Ikto because he is so endearing as a person. He is the, the shonen protagonist that. It, he's the Deku. He's the Deku. Yeah, but. You want to. I
3: don't like Deku.
0: I know you like Bakugo and Todoroki. <laughs> it's the best um, comparison we can draw right now. <laughs> it's it's the way that I can draw this comparison to people who have never watched a shoujo show and can only. I mean, think I about mean, Ikto, to Ikto is, underst- is not a shinra. I understand. Ikto your is deep ik- Ikto
2: is not shinra. <laughs> so
0: yes, because Ikto, Ikto is like, mm, Ikto is, Ikto is weird. Um, <laughs> She, Sheenra, Sheenra's weirder and the only thing i can think about last night is the clip that they posted on funimation's youtube and the entire time the only thing i can think about is that zeno robbins oh my god that andrew me. and i watched the episode As, for that last night we were he hadn't seen that clip he watched it in,
2: in real time and he laughed his you, ass off and i'm just
0: like "Yup." how have you ever just started tripping balls in the back of a truck with a non a non animal and just start f- and just do That's like the the finger guns just... with actual fire coming out of the finger guns. I I'm just gonna say that that Fire Force episode is just Dune with the talking mall. Um, let the spice let the spice flow. Um, and Derek and Derek let the spice flow in this. Um, but in the way that like, I think the reason like Gigi brought up about Kokoro is. Derek's performance really makes you want Ikto to win. And that's saying a lot for me because Ikto is played by Natsuki Yeah, And I love him. <laughs> um Derek's performance makes you genuinely want to root for for Ikto. And I get I got mad when Kokoro wins the entire thing over him. And you want him to win because you're endeared to him through Derek's performance. It is very subtle. It is very nuanced. It is very, it's it's very high quality, and a lot of people I feel like who know Derek only from Fire Force don't know that Derek is actually really good Mm -hmm. at that type of performance, where it is a lot more subtle. Because here's the thing about Fire Force: Fire Force, there is no time to be subtle in Fire Force, at least not from Shinra's character. Shinra is not the character that has to. That he does have to deal with a lot of stuff, but he's also a shonen protagonist, which means that he doesn't always get a lot of, like, ultra nuanced stuff. But that's because I also don't think Fire Force is a very. Fire Force can be a nuanced series when it wants to, but it's not always done through Shinra. It's done through yeah. a lot of the side characters. And when it's not busy, you know, humiliating Tamaki, which has, thankfully, I've heard happened lessons in season two. Yeah, I think two, I've only
2: seen it happen, I think, twice since season two started, and. But I'm I'm only following the dub right that's, now. And we're that's like another seven story. Seven
0: episodes in. That's yeah. That's
2: yeah. That's another story.
0: Um, but Derek Derek has to walk this really fine line where I think if he goes a little too over the top, it completely ruins the immersion for you as a watcher. And for me, Derek has done that in other shows. Like I bring up *Star's Align* as a big example because Etski's character is very complex and. I, I bring up I like to bring up Yagen from Token Rambo a lot because that's a performance that in his like big episode in the show, it has genuinely moved me to tears. And another show that I we, we haven't brought up that he's in, um, he is Natsume and ensemble stars, and I've only I've sadly only watched the first thirteen episodes of the dub of that. And that is a dub that when we get to finally doing the episode on it, um, is is really mixed in a lot of places but I'm not gonna kid you that between there is a part in one of the flashbacks of the first half of that show and it's a scene between him and Justin Briner that fucking broke me in half. Derek Derek is really good at acting. You know who's also really fucking good at acting? Macy Ann Johnson. Yay! <laughs> um. I, I was talking about this with some of the guys on our anime dubs and I'm sorry that this is taking so long. Um... If you did not know who Macy Ann Johnson was, because you haven't watched a lot of the stuff that she's in. And to be fair, she is not in a lot of stuff that I would say appeals to a ton of people. Um, Also, B, Human Lost was a movie. And uh, I... uh, Human Lost was a movie. Magical Girl Raising Project, I think, jumped from site to site. Uh, no Guns Life is kind of, I think, like the big one that is still with Funimation that gets a lot of hype mm-hmm. from Funimation themselves to keep watching is that things that everyone knows. If Macy Ann Johnson wasn't on your list as a really good voice actors to keep your eyes on, then this show may, will make you pay fucking attention to her. There is her Shiyuki performance is genuinely one of the best animated performances of this year. Um, It is very high up there to me with another performance that somebody did over at Sentai. There is not a lick of bad that I can say about it. She absolutely commands the screen when she is on it. Her performance is powerful. You want to pay attention to it. It can hit all the funny beats when it needs to. It is it is like Chiyuki herself. You will not look away from it. Anytime that she is on screen, she is stealing attention. And you will absolutely want to root for Chiyuki. And you feel her pain. And you want to support her. Even though you know she is going to drive Ikato into the ground because she has to go against him. And that she is being a massive bitch for a good reason to get Kokoro to pull her head out of her ass. um, She is absolutely insane. And I feel really bad that I have not watched a lot more stuff that Macy Ann Johnson is in. Because she is fantastic. And I hope that she gets more leads after this.
3: <laughs> Yay i was like i'm looking at my
0: recording time and i'm just like jesus i did not intend for this to be this long <laughs> um
3: we
1: never There were do. like 17
3: characters man there's a lot I, every
0: every time megan does an episode do no, not expect like, it to be quick um, never i never have a lot
2: i'm gonna start with uh macy and johnson actually and chiyuki because chiyuki oh sweet sweet lord she has this spunk, this energy to her, and just so much determination. Excuse me. <laughs> She's also fucking brutal sometimes. And it's the best, especially when it comes to the comedic moments in the show. Cause um before we started recording this, or it was either before right before or when we started, this show also Megan dubbed this show as having some of the best anime faces of all time. <laughs> they do
0: i are the the fucking where she's in front of the fire is yeah one. no but she's just <laughs> chiyuki is just so much fun just because she
2: has that charm and determination and this no-nonsense attitude where it's like it's my way or the highway i'm gonna do what i fucking please i'm gonna do this this is what i want people are going to pay attention to me and she, but she also understands that it's not an easy road for her she's not jaded or wearing like rose-colored glasses um, cause even though her dad runs this big agency she's fully aware of her own um, weaknesses obviously the big one being her height she's very self-aware but that's not going to deter her she has her setbacks but she is just going to push past everyone's expectations and just fight for what she wants um, wants her life and her happiness to be um, and her dynamic with Ikto her dynamic with Derek as Ikto is so much fun because you have the very brash, blunt, just like no-nonsense Chiyuki and then you have the, the kind of shy, kind of quiet, but also just the sweetest, sweetest, purest boy <laughs> Ikto in the world and their dynamic is so much fun and I really love how that relationship changes in the second half of the show when uh, Chiyuki comes back from Paris and she's facing all of this failure. And then Ikuto is the first person she ends up seeing because he just happens to be there at, at Milnege. And he's he manages to just quickly like cheer her up and get her out of her head. Like It's this weird magic that Ikuto has or, or, or effect that he has on Chiyuki that's just so wonderful. And I really like how Macy Ann Johnson has like portrays all of us this is probably the first time I'm actually talking about Macy Ann Johnson on this show too actually so I'm very very excited and I really loved her portrayal of Chiyugi with all of the eccentricities and the charm and the just absolute energy that she has and I just love 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 it so much I did not think of the comparison to, um, what the fuck was it? Isuzu from Citrus. And now that Gigi has said it, I can't think of anything else. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. It's so... It's very similar. Very very much similar, but Chiyuki is just very no-nonsense. It's like, uh, no, this is what's happening. Fuck you, fight me. (laughs) And I love Macy and Johnson's portrayal of this. Ugh... I love Derek Snow. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no way around this. I love Derek Snow. I remember when we first talked about Derek Snow with, with um, Dance with Devils. <laughs> My, how things have changed. I remember talking about him in Stars Align. He was wonderful. Um, God, Derek Snow. Is such a fantastic actor and he's grown on me so much over the years I know I've said this before he's grown on me so much and I just want all of the good things for Derek because he's fantastic and as Ikto I have to agree with every all the points that everybody has said so far (laughs) because smile down the runway does the bait-and-switch main character thing similar to what it kind of does in dr. stone where you think it's Taiju at the beginning who's the main character, but it switches and it's actually Senku, right? And... yeah, <laughs> And Smile does something similar, where you think it's Chiyuki in the beginning, in which it is Chiyuki's story as well, but they also flip it for the majority of the show, and it's actually Ikto has to carry the show, meaning Derek has to carry the show throughout the majority of the series. And he does a phenomenal job, and I like... I like the comparison i think megan made where you what one of you made that chiyuki is the body of it but that was, you. that was me chiyuki is the body of it but ikto is the heart and Ikto has so much gentle kindness to him and is just very passionate and very selfless because again we've brought this up a few times he's he wants to do things for his family and originally, he it's he originally it was just like I. Why should I follow my dreams? I need to take care of my family. I'm the one who has to do that. So he's very selfless in that regard, and he kind of has to be pushed into like we were saying about um, Honoka earlier. He also has to be pushed into the adult realm very, very quickly um, because mom is in the hospital. But um, <laughs> but oh god, there's not much more I can really add to Derek Snow's as Icto. I love him. I was... I'm debating on claiming Ikto as my son. (laughs) Because he...
3: Oh my god. (laughs) Because I have... This bitch got a lot of sons. I have too many children.
0: (laughs) Steph is an orphan. I have too... (laughs)
3: 10. <laughs> 10. Oh, Number there 10. he is. Oh, oh, there he is. That's oh, the oh, bitch. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that, that horrible little whining thing in the background. Whatever could that be? He can't hear could he be... you, but... oh, shit! Could it be the hashtag Andrew is over party?
1: <laughs> I believe that is the sound of someone who what... is canceled. <laughs> canceled. He has no
0: context. He's I can't believe he's staring at I me. Can't, let's. <laughs> I can't believe Steph
3: let Andre <laughs> into the house. Ugh. It's not cool like Corey in the can, house either, can, aka the best anime I'm of gonna, all time. I'm going to make a
2: special request. Can this now be the fucking clip for the Patreons?
3: <laughs> Please. <laughs> this would be great. Yes. He's just
2: standing here looking at me, not knowing the context and understanding. And I'm going to leave him in the dark
0: right now and just let him be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to work that's where okay, he belongs like to be time he's time in time the dungeon time. he's not even not in the fun you. part of the dungeon where we let him watch tig tone <laughs> no but <laughs> i started this thing because i realized this year i have so many anime children
2: and i'm like i posted a thing on twitter i'm like should i do a, a blog of some sort about my anime children And everybody overwhelming uh, overwhelmingly was like yes do it bitch and i'm like i have nine kids i i hate odd numbers I'm gonna make- <laughs> i'm like do i want to claim him as my child <laughs> Bottom line, Ikito is precious. He has he has so much heart to him and so much passion to him, and Derek portrays that very, very well. He also carries the show very, very well, especially com- coming off of freaking Shinra here. It's a very different lead character for him. It makes me happy. Ikuto is my favorite character. He is my favorite performance. Ikito, I think, I, it's officially is my son now. This is my child. I will protect him with my fucking life. There we go. I'm done. <laughs>
0: All right, Patrick, round us out here. Okay.
1: Um. Do, 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 do. um I think I'll start with uh, Macy and Johnson, which um, I think I'm joining Gigi in the camp of I've actually talked about her on the show before. Yeah, I was on the No Guns Life episode. Uh, yep. I want to say we covered her.
0: Okay. I, I
2: don't either. know. I, I don't know. I don't even
3: know what that is.
0: The only thing I know about the No Guns Life episode is that Noah is forbidden from ever doing Lost in
3: Action. Yes, he is.
0: The only other thing I know about No Guns Life is that Chris Ryan is fucking amazing
2: as like detective noir horseshit. It's great.
1: Anyway, um, I like Macy and Johnson in this. Um, like a lot. She she gave a lot of the the necessary spunk. The but one thing I I. I really liked about it is, um, sort of those comedic moments where she goes deep to, like, utter out a line. I I thought those were absolutely hilarious. Like the going down low kind of thing.
2: (laughs) The little agitated. (laughs) Right.
1: I thought those were absolutely hilarious, but she also got the dramatic parts- down pat. Um Chiyuki is a complicated character and that complication it's not always apparent. So I'm I'm glad she was able to bring that out. Cuz on the surface Chiyuki seems like a very simple character. She's trying to be a model, but she's too short. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of depth and nuance to what they do with her over the course of the episodes where she's in before it becomes Ikuto's story arc. But I, I thought that was, that was really good. Um, I unfortunately don't have a lot to say about it because she does her stuff and then it's Ikuto's turn. Which, Derek Snow as Ikuto, my god. Um he gives Ikuto this gentleness that, you know, considering that this is basically a shonen manga in a shonen magazine uh, that plays up a few shoujo tropes every now and again. Um, I think it's refreshing to have a shonen protagonist who is basically soft, subdued, gentle. Um... He is the wide-eyed dreamer. Mm -hmm. So is Chiyuki in a way. Um, Except unlike Chiyuki, who has had the ability to have years of experience honed into her, um, he is basically starting from scratch. uh, Making his first connections and all that. Um, I like how Derek Snow played him with a bit of a naivete about what he would have to do to become a... What he would have to do to become a professional designer. Uh, I think that is the strongest aspect of his performance. And... A standout moment for me is in the final episode when he loses. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just lose. He is not even in the top ten. And it crushes him. But then you get... um, What's her name? Lucy Christian. Shoko. comment. Shoko. Shoko in the background basically commenting that Oh yeah! To and Ikuto were the only two participants in the festival who actually got offers for their designs. Yep. So like you know he actually did a lot better than he thinks he did. And it actually it helps you to endear to him a little. But, yeah, I I really like both of these. Um, the episode's dragging on a little long, so I'll go ahead and wrap this up so we can move on to Final Thoughts.
0: So, Final Thoughts, starting off with Steph.
2: <sighs> go fucking watch Smile Down the Runway, you filthy heathens. Why the fuck have you not started watching it yet? What the fuck is wrong with you? That's the TLDR version. Um, <laughs> So... Smile Down the Runway, as a show in general, is very charming, Very can be very heartfelt, and has a lot of fun elements to it. The dub itself is definitely one of the stronger dubs I have watched this year, and I've been watching like things like Golden Wind, Demon Slayer, fucking Fire Force Again, No Guns Life, all, a bunch of other things that are rather strong, but I think this one's definitely like a, an underdog sleeper hit kind of dub, and... Just everything, everything I have about it just is wonderful. It has fantastic casting utilizing the main four characters in this show are either under very underutilized character uh, actors, or they're still kind of up and comers at the same time, which is fantastic. And th- risks like that sometimes will either pay off in spades or we'll just drag the show down and it f- 100% paid off here. Um... Direction is fantastic and very solid, keeping the subtleties and the nuances of the show itself, which is great. The writing has so much fun to it, um, with small little jokes and things like that. Um, but, yeah, this I absolutely love this show. It is definitely one of the stronger and better dubs I have seen this year, 100%. Granted, this is no surprise, considering who the damn director is... <laughs> And we all know how much of a fan of his work I am. Um, But that's not just to say it's just him. It's the whole thing in general is just a fantastic, well thought out, well put together dub. And yeah, if you haven't watched Smile Down the Runway yet, please do. It is fantastic. You should go watch it. I'm done.
3: All right, Gigi. So I'm going to say this, and then you can be at it what you will. Smile Down the Runway has officially made its way into my top 10 anime of all time. Hell yeah!
0: Woo! Yeah! And that's like,
3: inc- including the dub, including the anime, it joins such illustrious titles as Nana, Madoka Magica, Hunter Hunter 2011, and others, um this show left me wanting more and I love things that put me on an emotional train wreck. Mm -hmm. And considering the fact that I couldn't stop crying through the last, what, four or five episodes, I was like, Oh, this is the winner. Plus it takes in things that I love like fashion, travel, um, the clothes on that were presented actually looked like clothes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes when you're watching a music anime and you see them playing the piano and they, like, pretend to play the piano, but you can't... They're not really playing the piano. Like, these clothes actually looks like things that people would design. It, it gives some it more, of them it gives were good it more and, realism, basically. Yeah. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. They're, the way that they put the patterns on some of the things was kind of jarring visually. But all that aside, um, the dub here is really good. I don't know if it's my favorite dub of the year or not because I haven't watched a lot of dubs this year. Um, And that's just because there haven't been very many that I've been interested in. Um, But it is very good. It's very solid other than a few things that um, I think if the need wanted them, they could be fixed before home video release. Mm -hmm. Um, And if not, that is a conscious choice and that's fine. Uh, But I really enjoyed this anime. Um, if you like shojo anime without romance in it, this is basically like the epitome of shoujo trash minus romance, except it has kind of like a tournament arc in there, which is why it was in a shonen magazine, um... I don't know. I just really loved it. I've heard a lot of conversations lately about hidden gems. Um, a lot of people have done videos on them or blog posts or what have you. Um, I definitely consider Smile Down the Runway a hidden gem because I don't know anybody else who watched it except for us. <laughs> so um, I, I highly implore you. Obviously, I hope you would have watched this before we just spoiled the whole fucking thing for you, um, but maybe watch it again and kind of consider all of the different layers and nuances that not only the dub has, but the show as a whole has. Um, and the more you watch it, hey, maybe that's more of incentive that Japan has to make a second season of it, um, because we want one, and that would be amazing. I would also like to read the manga, but uh, that's not happening yet, because it's not...
0: It's available digi- It's available digitally, not for... I
3: can't... I don't have anything to read digital manga on, so... Uh, yeah, please um it it's it's a gem of a show and i've like i said one of my top 10 of all time
1: roots because i don't think you've gone okay um just to make this quick um the dub is actually probably one of the most impeccable ones i've heard this year um it is very well put together um Minor technical hiccups due to you know equipment kind of malfunctioning aside, because that can that can be corrected later when the home video release comes. Um I thought this was really well put together. Uh the cast is incredible. Uh the show itself is actually really fun. Um honestly My basis of comparison to this dub is basically Paradise Kiss, which is one of my favorite dubs of all time. Um, Which is kind of an unfair pedestal to put it on. Because it's not quite up to that level. But um, this is still very fun. Uh, It is actually very fair towards its characters. Um, Despite, you know... Our main protagonist losing at the end, Um, he ends up coming out a winner anyway, so there's that. Uh, But yeah, the show is great. Uh, Probably one of my sleeper hits of the year. And the dub is really good too. There may... I'm still kind of tabulating what I want to do with my dubbies this year because, you know, all this... But overall, I really like this as a complete package. Um, could not recommend it higher. So yeah, thumbs up. Check this out. And for the love of God, Aniplex, please, please, since I can use this, to, you know, since this anime is fashion based and I can use this as a platform, Anaplex, please, for the love of God, give somebody Paradise Kiss to stream because I want to do an episode so fucking yeah, they bad. Do this. Oh, oh
3: god damn it i'm real glad i got these dvds right here jelly Root, roots me and you jelly. can do an episode
1: damn straight jelly. <laughs>
0: I'm jelly. jelly. anyway uh i'll try to make this quick because i again i'm probably gonna breeze through the the where the fuck to find this part uh no so this is a show that like when Funimation announced that they were getting it i was super excited about um it just looked like it was going to be a good time. Uh, I was I was happily surprised with uh, how much I genuinely liked the show, how how much I liked it, and the dub is fantastic. It is it is one that I don't think I see a lot of people talking about, but there's a there's the people I have seen it seen talk about it, absolutely love it. Um, I know it, you guys don't go on the Funimation Discord a lot, but I do. Uh, there's a girl on there named Coco who fucking loves the show. Um. She, she fucking loves this show, and uh, she has always been recommending it to people, and, and she was, like, surprised that I had finally watched it. And uh, another one of the guys on there named uh, Jay was also, like, really hyped when he found out that I had finished it, too. So there are fans of it. And for those of you who have watched it, it's a fantastic show with a really great dub that have some, maybe, depending on, on how you view it, some some casting issues, some technical issues but it is so strong and it is genuinely one of the best things I think Clifford has, Clifford Chapin has worked on this year. Um, and I'm really happy that he did it. And I'd actually like to see him tackle more uh, shoujo-y stuff mm-hmm. again. Um, because I know this is technically a shounen, but it had a lot of shoujo elements. So I'd like to actually see him tackle like a hardcore shoujo like Yona see, see, I'm a Which also had shounen yeah. elements. See, I- I'm of the
2: opinion, because he's basically dabbled in practically almost every single genre except for
3: one. I want to see him do a horror show.
0: Okay, no, he's not done an idol show yet, and he has to do one of those. Oh,
3: things. Hypnosis, there. microphone oh. is coming out in October.
0: Hey, and Anaplex likes him doing their dumb, <laughs> I mean, oh, the so, second. Uh, I mean, I mean,
2: he, he's worked on two in the past year with them, so... <laughs> it's
0: possible. <laughs> Alright, Cliff, I hope you're ready for wrap.
3: Ichi-Bahn, Ichi-Go,
0: Ichi-Roh, uh, that or he's gonna end up doing, uh, Ikebukuro Westgate Park, which is coming out, but that's Dogakobo. so. And that is, that GG looks like your exact brand of fucking <laughs> shit. Yay! Um, uh, I'll explain what that is after after this, but no, I I really like that, again, like I said, if, if you didn't, especially if you did not know who Lee George or uh, Macy Ann Johnson was before this, they should absolutely be on your radar, and I'm pretty sure if Danny and um, Danny and Derek weren't already on the radar. This is just they, that they—if they're already radar, this is just another notch of "Hey, this is why those two get a lot of work." Uh, so, if you'd like to watch, again, overall, really great product. We'll see where it comes out in the end of the year awards, but uh, keep your keep your eyes out, keep your eyes out. Uh, if you'd like to watch Smile Down the Runway, it is exclusively on Funimation in both sub and dub, uh, as well as I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu as well. So, if you'd like to watch, if you don't have a Funimation account but you have a Hulu, you can watch it. through Uh, through hulu we are the dub talk podcast you can follow us at uh on twitter at dub talk podcast youtube tumblr's dead twitch uh whatever the hell we like to fucking do uh if you'd like to financially support us but you can only do it one time we do have a ko-fi with our ko-fi link below but if you'd like to support us on the regular we do have a patreon and tonight we would like to shout out our Patreons who have sat through this entire episode i hope our five dollars tier: Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yowie hands, and Victor. I'm s- I keep messing up your name. And one, uh, Victor Maybordora I'm sorry. And one, I know Victor by his username more, and I don't call him by his real name ever. Uh, Victor Maybordora. I'm sorry. And our $10 tier, Anthony Simpson, B. Morris, Carly Lustakow, Jacob Wilson, J2, aka Dara, Julia W., and Marissa Lenti. Everybody, quickly show yourselves so I can Can I eat. just say one
2: other thing because you completely forgot it? You can also listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. What?
0: Apple Podcast.
2: I keep forgetting that I'm hungry and have period Look brain. Look here, as, as long as somebody remembers. Hello, my name is Stephanie. I am also known as Lilac on some occasions. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E, where Lord knows what I post on a daily basis. I don't fucking know. Um, I also have a blog like- It's just pictures
0: of it's Sherb. Just pictures of Sherb. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong shut the fuck up it's okay have you ever seen that spongebob meme where he's like pulling out all the diapers from the baby when him and patrick have the baby scallop it's that but it's literally just sherb (laughs) (laughs) not not wrong um I I know what I'm doing after oh, this. No. Um, anyway, I
2: also have a blog Life and Times or to which I need to start writing more about my children now that I have my 10th child. Uh anyways,
0: that's it for me. Gigi, go!
3: My name is Gigi. You can find me on Twitter at Anime Palooza or on YouTube at Animepalooza, where I talk about all your best and worst of shoujo trash and Uda no Prince Sama. Come, you please step on me because it makes everybody laugh. Um, and I I am way too obsessed with Uda Pri for my own good. You can also listen to me on one my one. other podcast, The Shoujo Trash Showdown, where I talk all shoujo all the time, which is why I don't one watch one. anything that... Derek Snow has been in except for Dance with Devils 1 1.
0: Woohoo! 1 1. Gigi, I, I know Gigi says it's the step on me that makes everything laugh, but I know you hate that card, but every time you pull it, I fucking die. Is it
3: because every time I say 1 1?
0: No, it's that and just the abject the sound of horror in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> like, things that scare people. Clowns. Heights. Oh, Toya with Dog ears. He's terrifying. <laughs> he is
1: a creep. <laughs> Shit. Anyway. Patrick, please go. Alright, so I am Roots of Justice. You can find me on the Twitter.com at Roots of Justice. Um, mainly retweet root- cute animal pics. Talk general, fan- talk general fandom stuff. General good time. Come see me. Do stuff. Um, blog is Roots of Justice anime time. Blog show. Um... I have a podcast and I'm trying to finalize details for to position mouths. Um, stay tuned for information on all of that and it will be on my Twitter feed. So Woo-hoo. remember that stuff.
0: Hi, I'm Megan. You can follow me at queen Ear two. I shit post to talk about fire. Rumble and a lot in, I like collecting enamel pins of Fire Emblem and I'm literally building, like, a, I literally have a giant blue lion's eat a bag, and I'm probably building a second generic Fire Emblem one. <sighs> all right, guys, we've all survived. Challenge over. Go home, eat food, have a good time. And remember, kids, it's not... It's blood orange. That's so pretentious. It's fucking red. <laughs>
1: I almost
0: forgot to put that and in. I was waiting it for it. Fucking it's red. red. It's great. <laughs>
1: Remember, kids, it's fucking red. (laughs) Good night. night, Love your
2: faces. Good night, everybody and
1: Otaku-on, friends. Otaku-on, they Daba. da-ba.